All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Foolish Club Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell and Eddie Ortiz. Episode 52. We're here, guys. It's really, I mean, it's flying by. It seems like every single week, man, it it feels like we're multiplying episodes. It's the Ray Lewis of episodes. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't feel like we just did the 49th episode and we were gearing up for the Super Bowl. Now we're over (laughs) three episodes down. I mean, it's, it's crazy, man. So we want to thank everybody that's been listening to this point. Uh, we really appreciate all your guys' dedication and loyalty. We couldn't do it without you. Quite frankly, we, we wouldn't want to do it without you. we got a lot to talk about, a ton to talk about, yep. mostly local stuff, mostly Chiefs-related topics, man, as always. Uh, we have our, our great guy, Mark Leno from uh, Made Mob, Made Urban Apparel. He's going to come on in, the, in a little bit and, and, and tell the story of, of how they, I would say, the most successful apparel company in Kansas City. That's not his words. That's mine. Uh, I know he would never say that, but I'm going to say it because I absolutely love their products. They're an incredible company. They're great people. I want to get their story about how they started the humble beginnings and where they are now and just how incredibly insane that that playoff run was for them. I know it's been great for us here at the Spoken Podcast. I cannot imagine how great it was for them. So we're going to definitely get his his thoughts and his takes on a lot of different things. But I, I want to I want to start with something real quick, and it's actually something we don't talk about very often on this show, and it's baseball. And it has to be it has to be addressed. So let me begin. Let me let me begin with this. Most of us played sports, or at least one sport, growing up. I know all three of us have. Uh, my first my first sport was baseball. I was by far the smallest kid on my five year old team. There's no question about it. I was tiny. That didn't change much over the next couple of summers, but we won and we won a lot. We were good. I was pretty good. Uh, but the fun we had in, in making the memories we made while playing is what meant the most. And playing in high school, I was a very solid player, actually. I actually grew into my body a little bit, and I actually looked like a like a teenager at that point. Uh, we didn't win shit at that time. <laughs> Our team was terrible. We had fun, and we made those memories, man. I, I, I try to imagine what it would have been like to experience the successes and failures that I experienced as a child if I would have been if I would have continued playing and maybe got lucky enough to play at the major league level and how much fun I would have had during that during all of that. Maybe I would have gotten drafted by a good club, maybe I would have gotten called up and earned the chance to contribute to a winning team. Uh, maybe we could have played in the league championship series. Hell, maybe even the World Series. I try to imagine what the pain of losing in the World Series would have felt like what it would feel like. Not only that, my teammates and myself find out a couple of years later that the team that beat us in the World Series used technology that gave them an unfair advantage against all of us, and then after being caught red red fucking handed, the commissioner of the MLB comes out and doesn't hand down a single suspension to a single one of those players on that team. Not only that, doubles down on his justification as to why he didn't serve down a single suspension to those players, but then discredits the trophy that we missed out on holding in our home city's parade by calling it a, quote, P 
piece of metal. Never mind the fact that the piece of metal he's describing is literally titled, quote, the commissioner's trophy. Followed by a half-ass attempt to moonwalk and take back those same comments to somehow make this entire scandal that you allowed to not only happen under your watch, but also continue to resonate amongst players league-wide. And the players that directly suffered because of the cheating seem less like a... Uh, sorry, directly suffered for because of the cheating seem less likely of a shit show than it really is and will only continue to be. And here I am. A boy with dreams that became the man to live them, now knowing, now trying to focus on the reason the season at hand to maintain my routine, my job, my lifestyle, all while, all while knowing in the back of my mind that the man that represents and speaks for the league I worked tirelessly to be a part of to make history and tell me and my brothers that I spend eight months a year with that our efforts don't matter and that discipline is optional. Make no mistake about it. The MLB is in trouble, and it's not because of consistent rating slips. It's not because of the league and the sport that has become almost completely regionalized. It's not because of the home run fetish in ESPN's distance trackers. It's because of Rob Manfred and his ever-growing incompetence as the commissioner. The MLB needs to save themselves, and they don't do it in any, and they can't do it in any day or any one move. There is one move that will expedite their process. Rob Manfred should lose his job as MLB commissioner. Otherwise, there will be more scandals. There will be more cheating. And because of that, there will be other stories as of young men losing out on a dream they spent their life trying to achieve. And I'll leave it there. I want to move to this. It's a bigger topics because I know that people are on our show are going to care more about this one. Trust me, I know we uh, ran the polls and nobody wanted to talk MLB, but we had to obviously address mm. that. Yeah, exciting. So obviously Adam Schefter and a few other reporters for the ML, the NFL came out and let us know, I believe it was on Thursday that they have finally had agreed with it, the owners had agreed to it, a new NFL proposal. And this is where I'll start. What if I told you that there could be a proposal in which the NFL players would make more money the owners would make more money, obviously, because they ain't doing anything unless they're getting a chunk of the pie. More jobs and roster spots are created. We as fans get more football. The one seed matters even more than ever. More teams make the playoffs. That sounds pretty badass, huh? In all totality. Mm. Well, that's what's about to happen, and we all should be very excited about that fact. There are several reasons why this new playoff proposal will work, and it makes so much sense. For one, it significantly helps with season-long competition. Now that more teams have a chance of making the playoffs, more teams will be fighting deeper into the season. 14 teams will make it in now, with seven on each conference. That's still less than 50% of the league. Mm -hmm. If you want to compare leagues, look at the NBA. And I love the NBA. 53% of the NBA teams make the playoffs. People are worried that this new proposal will put eight and eight type of teams into the playoffs more often, but it's actually going to help avoid seeing teams with 10 to 12 uh, wins miss the playoffs. And I'm going to see, I heard this all week long or the last few days rather, since this all came out, 
that this was going to lessen and water down the playoff seedings, that you're going to have more bad teams in the playoffs. But so I went and looked, I went and looked back at the last 17 seasons since 2003. Since 2003, there have been 11 teams miss the playoffs despite winning 10 plus games. Mm-hmm. 11. That's insanity. That's essential. That essentially goes away with this new proposal. The best teams have a much better chance of making the playoffs under this scenario. During that same span since 2003, only eight teams have made the playoffs with eight wins or fewer, and five of them won their division. So if you really want to have an issue with the way things are seeded, have an issue with the divisional situations, that you don't automatically make the playoffs with your division wins. And that opens up another can of worms. Right. And so that's where I want to bring you guys into this, because I know there have been so many different opinions on this. Most, I would say heavily 85% of the people out there disapprove of this. So I, I know I'm in the minority of this. I know I am. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. What is your what is your takeaway on this new NFL proposal? Do you think it's going to work out? Do you agree with it? Is there anything that you would change? Uh, I mean, as a fan, I don't think you're in the minority as a fan. As a fan, this is what we want. I mean, we're, we're getting the product that we want for an extra week, and we're getting, you know, what, three extra games in the wild card round to watch? You know, that, that – as a fan, that's what you want. We, we're, we're about to enter the, the off-season depression, you know, when there's no football and we feel like the, the universe is out of tilt, so we don't know what to do with ourselves. All this is going to do is add more to the product that we want to watch on the, on the TV and gives us, you know, more entertainment. But, I mean, the, the initial thing I have to do is put myself in the shoes of the, of the players themselves and the brutality of the game and what they go through on a weekly basis. Um, and adding another week – just before, I mean, adding another week and then adding an extra playoff round for, I mean, I, I think it's the, the idea of it's awesome. Like I said, as a fan, but as a player, I get it. I get it giving you pause. And I, I think they need to know what the incentives are for them as individuals. Cause I mean, obviously the, the league is making, obviously going to make bank off of this. Um, and I think what was, you guys on that? Uh, yeah, with the, uh, the, the player, incentives. they're going to, they're going to, they're going to cap the uh, salary at 250,000 per player. Yes, extra every player, or is it? I think, I think, I think it obviously uh, matters a, a specific the stature. Like the, of, be, the better you are, you're getting kept at two hundred fifty thousand. That's as much as you're gonna make for that extra game. Okay, there's no more you can make out of that. I mean, That's that it. the money wise is fine, but I, like, um, C. Harrison on six ten sports made a pretty good point talking about healthcare. Talking about if you're gonna add an extra week, if you're gonna add an you know, extra round into the playoffs or an extra few teams in the playoffs, um, and make it that much more difficult or whatever, and, and create the competition there. The, Creating a lifelong healthcare, I, I thought that was a great idea as far as an incentive for the players. For because I know they're covered for I think when you retire for like five years, five years, five years, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I think because you don't even start seeing like if anybody's dealing with like you know neurological issues or CTE, that, that doesn't even show up sometimes till a decade plus after and no, further. Into you your can't life. even you can't even check for CTE until after they're dead. Right. Well, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying like, but sometimes you don't even show symptoms. Right. Until no, no, way yeah, later in your point. life, that's or you yeah, point. you have early stage Alzheimer's or something because of all the the, the beatings and stuff. NFL players, if any professional sports should just I mean outside of like boxing and you know contact sports like that, uh, mixed martial arts should have that support for the rest of their life. I truly feel that. I know that's an expensive feat to reach. Um, but if any, if the, I think the Shield is one of the few entities that can cover these players for that, because if we're being real, there's not that many NFL players. There's really not, you know, 52 man rosters each. I mean, that's not a lot of players to cover for their lives. It's really not. Um, well, especially with the new TV agreements that they're going to be uh, having with CBS. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. This is, we're talking FS1. billions of dollars here that these owners are going to be making off the backs of these right. players. Um, 
I even thought it would be a cool idea too to have like to make it even like add another week to the end of the and add another add two bye weeks for each team. Add another week. I think that makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. That way, they get the, the rest is evened out, it's, so it's not much different. It's just a longer season. This this is feels a little. I don't know. As I, this is me as a player thinking. So if I just if I'm gonna put my my body out there, I don't think the money is gonna be good enough because these guys can make money on sponsors. They can make more than that on sponsorships alone if they just didn't even play that game at all. So. Um, for me, like the healthcare thing is a big deal. I think there definitely needs to be negotiations about healthcare and furthering healthcare, at least for at least 15 years, add 10 to that five. Um, you know, legalizing marijuana is another thing too, to help, you know, all these guys do it on the off season to deal with pain. And they've been really strict on that. I, I heard a little rumor that they were legalizing it in the NFL. I, it was like circling the web a little bit. I don't it's, know if that was true. Yeah, it's, it's getting there. there. It's it's hopefully slowly. Well, that's insane because the yeah. NBA obviously is like the front runner all that. NBA is like you got to like smoke 100 pounds of it just to get, you know, tested for it. Is it Greg Robinson just got caught <laughs> yeah, toting so it across the that, country? That's, yeah. that's, 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 I mean, if you have so you're having hundreds of pounds, that's stupid. Like what are, you, what are you doing, man? But like, yeah, I know a lot of these, especially NFL players, deal with it for joint pains. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and CTE. Too. It's much better for any well, than any of those prescription yeah, meds. Yeah, any migraine, migraines, and things like that. That obviously is, is is a huge benefit for that stuff. Um, and some players play good while they're on it. And for being real, I don't see the big issue there. Um, so something like that should be negotiated too. Um, I don't know. Like as a player, I think there would have to be some more incentives outside of just money. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to, to because we know man this is this is we all know this is there's going to be more injuries because of this like you can take away a preseason game and you me and you have talked about this numerous times we want the preseason gone entirely we feel like we should just start the season and i don't see what difference it really makes outside of like obviously making the cuts for players that may or may not make the roster yeah like lane johnson said on the herd this week practice, lane johnson said on the herd this week that uh that's what training camps for and i've Absolutely. known eddie and i've talked Scrimmages. about this in the past it's it, your 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 training camp is the the preseason right you, yeah, don't need, you don't need to play teams. these half-ass games to do that. And so to your point, Eddie, I want to get to your your yeah. thoughts real quick. And obviously, let's, I mean, let's do that right now. I mean, yeah. what? how do you see this? Because I know that when I had posted on The Spoken that I think that you initially agreed, and I want to speak for you, how do you feel about this in totality? Uh, like Trevor was saying, as a fan and, and as a person that enjoys you watching love it. football, yeah. you, you love this idea. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fantastic because you get an extra week of football. But when it comes down, it's – it comes down to to what the players like really want. It, this whole health obviously health, they didn't want it. They yeah, voted against the, it. This whole healthcare thing, I think, is the biggest issue. Yeah, that's going to separate uh, the NFL Players Association from the actual NFL. Uh, I believe there was supposed to be a vote today, but the players, uh, the NFL, did not, did not want to vote. So they're gonna, I think, they're gonna vote next week on it. But I don't, I don't think they agreed on the on the CBA. Mm-mm. Uh, so this whole proposal, I don't think they agreed on it. So it might change in a week. Uh, but I think healthcare is going to be the biggest issue here because MLB, as soon as you play one game, you get healthcare for life. And yes, they uh, they deal with uh, with the ball. It's fucking it's 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 hard, and you know, but they don't go through the same. Uh, like uh, you know, like uh, I, I think you explained it a, a while back in, in the show where it's kind of like a car car wreck, you know, like in the defensive line is kind of yeah. like just you know they don't of, deal with the physical rigors of, exactly, of an exactly, NFL player. Yeah. Yeah, the NFL players, and they only get five years after they're done playing NFL, and mm-hmm. it's kind of fucked up. But like you said, CTE is not the, you cannot detect it until you're dead. So 
that, that that that's that's a big issue. Uh, I think the whole two hundred and fifty dollar uh, two hundred fifty k uh, cap on on that last game. This is only for contracts that are that are done now, right? Um, and after that, obviously, they're going to get paid a lot more. But that's what the NFL is going to cap it on this uh, this year if they were to agree on that on that CBA. Which I I personally think is kind of fucked up since the players. Are it's the not ones, that much money, man. It's it's, it's not. not. <laughs> if you think about it, putting your putting your life out there pretty much mm-hmm. for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and and you're talking about these teams are going to make millions of dollars mm-hmm. yep. just yep. on that one game, right? So there was some a couple of players on Twitter that that were really against, it, and they really spoke spoke out on it, and they were not happy about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, it like I said, it, it all it's all going to come down to healthcare. Uh, I think that's going to be the biggest biggest hurdle between the NFL and the Players Association. Yeah. See what what can they agree on? Well, here's the thing, and I I want to get your thoughts again, yeah, Trevor. Yeah. But um, everything you guys are saying is absolutely true. That healthcare is is the big hangup, and I don't think the NFL and the Players Association are as far apart as we might think they are. Well, the, the thing is because they the. NFL Association has been pushing for talking about how they care about mental health and the health in general of these players. Yeah. You, you got to show it. They're calling their bluff. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah, I yeah. agree. And, they, and, and, it, and the NFL is going to have to right. take those Ooh, matters yes. seriously. Yes, but they have to prove that. Do you guys do you guys know when the NFL went from 14 games to 16? Nine, uh, in the 80s, was it? Uh, I, gotta go I recently read it, and I can't remember when it was. 1978. Yes. Yeah, so 19, in 1978 mm-hmm. – I would have I I would like to believe that the players weren't exactly super stoked about that because they didn't just go up one week they went yeah. two weeks yeah see we have to remember they something in this week, right? have, yes we have to remember something in this it, this is in it's it's science it's imperfect and you're constantly evolving this the NFL is not old like baseball has been around two three times as long as the NFL has yeah. So this is a league that is still learning how to master itself and master the craft. I am pro player. I am 100% pro player. Mm. So I understand where these players are coming from. I understand that this isn't something that's comfortable for them, and they're going to want to be compensated. They're going to want to get their health care, and I am 100% with the idea that they need to get those things. And I believe those things are coming because 42 years ago when they went with 16 games – there weren't the assurances that these guys have now that they have back then. We talk about the $250,000 cap. Most players in the NFL weren't making $250,000 in a season back then in 1978. Oh, a lot has, my point is a lot has changed in the last 42 years. Let's give the NFL an opportunity here to make this what it needs to be because I believe they're moving in the right direction because – these are the type of moves that you get deals done. Mm. This move happens. The NFL, the NFL's Players Association, has even more leverage to say healthcare needs to be more prevalent. Marijuana use needs to be legalized in the NFL. You should not be penalized for that. These are the type of moves that gives you that type of leverage because you're agreeing to the NFL to make more money with the new TV contracts, the new CBA. This is called business. No one is ever in business. Good, a good business deal is never when it, when one side wins. Both sides have to have compromises, right? And that is why that's why I'm excited about this, and that's why I believe that that, that fans should be excited. And I know you guys said that majority of fans are actually excited about this. I beg to differ because I'm on Twitter all the time. You guys know this, and I see a lot of Chiefs fans, a lot of football fans that are totally against this. But like my guy Colin Coward said just a couple days ago, 
you all are going to be doing the exact same thing I'm doing and watching every single one of those games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the, the, the entertainment value of this is actually going upward because, like I said, more teams are going to be involved, involved later in the season. Less bad teams are actually going to be involved because the teams that are winning 9 to 12 games that miss the playoffs because they happen to be in a really good division are going to be making the playoffs. Sure. You said a lot of things have changed over the years. and The, the biggest thing outside as far as money making for this league goes has been player-oriented because of the marketing marketability of said players of these quarterbacks of these star players and social media you know that that's been the biggest evolution of the NFL and sports in general is the market of the self marketability of these players being able to brand themselves especially like in the in the in the NBA of all sports for sure the market self marketability is there but in the NFL it's kind of sort of becoming that as well a lot of these guys are starting to get a lot of self marketability in commercials more and in uh you know making money off of off, off promotional things like that that's to me the biggest. That's what's been a biggest draw uh, for the NFL has been letting players be themselves and and not capping. Because like imagine Brett Favre like in the in the social media age, or Michael Jordan in the social media age. Like those guys would have been way more marketed, w- pushing way more you know, money for themselves. You know, just off of promotional things for them in, as an individual. So to me, that's been the biggest money maker for the league. So I, it's just hard for me to get with the league saying you know we are. There's, they kept pushing the the health thing, and we all know how dangerous this game is, and how every single week there's either a career ending, not a career ending, but a season ending injury, or somebody's majorly hurt, or concussion here, concussion there. Every week there's something like that, and then I just don't get how you can say that making a health push and then adding another week of that grueling experience on these bodies. But because okay, you gotta understand, it's the same. That's why I bring up 1978 because back then. Like I said, it was 14 games. That seems like a lot back then. Sure. They add two more games. How much how much worse has player develop or players' health been since 1978? If anything, they've gotten safer because of technological advances, but, health advances, medicine that advances. That doesn't, that doesn't change the logic. I, I understand though. what I'm saying though. My point in bringing that up though is is that we are in a league now that is that they I do believe for, I don't believe the NFL is doing their best or putting their best foot forward mm. to help the players with their health. Yeah, My yeah, point, though, the is root, the root of all this is money. I mean, that's, exactly. That's what you, that's what and we add, we add to it. We add to it with the fact that more people now are going to have jobs in the NFL. For sure. More players are going to be on rosters, which means more guys are going to have money. No, I, I, so I, money is the – let's be honest. Money is everything that runs this yes, stuff. I get it. But you're also talking about an NFL that did not believe in CTE back then. Absolutely. So you, you're also talking about NFL. And they do now. We don't give a fuck about – we don't give a fuck about CTE. Well, any any player's career is because of weed. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. the, but those things it's are evolving, those, no but, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. That's the point I'm trying to make Finally. is that right now as it currently stands, I don't think that it's perfect. What yeah. This new proposal is not perfect. But do I believe that it can actually make the league better and a higher quality and more guys have opportunities to live their dreams and make money? Yes. Yeah. So I'm all for that. And they are going in the right dis- direction with, with player safety. How many times do you – we've all watched games together. How many times do we sit there and go, man, that's a bullshit penalty? Yeah. It's a, that ain't a blindside hit. That ain't a cheap hit, but they're calling flags. Why yeah. are they doing that? Because they're trying to protect the players. For sure. It's moving in the right direction. This, to me, is just another step in that direction. You have players like Howie Long's sons, two white players. Mm. They're going out there and talking about marijuana use. Yeah. You know how impactful that is? 
To be able to have those kind of guys that are Howie Long's sons, a legacy, guys like that that are buttoned up all and all, old, all the old white boomers. Yeah, like, all the yeah. white they're, they're starting to listen to these guys because they're seeing people that look like them yeah. starting to say stuff like that. Yeah. It's starting to change the mentality of some of these old old mindsets. This is and again, I talk about the leverage. That's what I'm focusing on. Yeah. Because now the NFLPA is like, okay, you want to make these moves that we've been talking about for a decade plus. Now we're gonna start really start putting you, it on. Do you think though that we could just do away with the seven, the, the the extra game in the regular season and just and, and keep out because I love the playoff picture thing. I love adding I more, too. Game, more games to the bye. We giving giving the yep. underdog teams a chance to make a run. Like you know teams like the Titans we saw this year. That was a fun. That was a fun thing to watch. That was yep. good. Only good for the NFL. It's only good for the NFL to have NFL to have Cinderella stories like that every season. This opens the door for more opportunities for teams like that. I love the playoff picture thing. I love that. I love the the the, the, the you have to fight for the top of the division. The top of the conference just to get that bye week. I love that. That makes the fight even the you know much, right. much stronger. Right. I don't. I don't understand why we have to have the extra game in the regular season though. I yes. just don't know. That doesn't have to. Have, those two it's things money. don't have to. Have, it's money. That's the yeah. thing though. Like, You're already getting an extra playoff game or more playoff three extra playoff games in, in, in that round. Right. So I, just, it, I guess you have. If, you, if right you're looking there. at it from the naked eye, you're thinking that that extra that game is basically the play-in game to get but, teams in the playoffs. Like I said, they're going to be playing later in the season right. with more on the line. Yeah. But you, for the playoffs, you're technically just adding one more team. That's all you're doing. One more team to each conference. Mm-hmm. It goes from six to seven. And like I said, 11 teams over the last 17 seasons have missed the playoffs entirely despite winning double-digit games. I mean, look at the 2008 Patriots when Matt Castle took over for Tom Brady. They games. went 11-5, and five, missed the playoffs. Yeah. Could you imagine the storyline would have been if Brady would have been out all season and let's say the Patriots went to the Super Bowl with Matt Castle? How much different – a legacy is for Tom Brady because right now as we look at him, everyone's just the consensus goat. Well, you remember back in 08, dude, Matt Castle led that team to the Super Bowl. Like it changes things the, the, in a good way. I think the biggest change that they have to do, this is me coming yeah. from me, like I, I, they they have to get rid of this whole you win your, your uh, division, you're automatically uh, uh, one to four. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you already have a home game. They need to get rid of that shit. I yeah, mean, we, we've always talked about having an you, open open bracket. Yeah, because you're, you're going to have six good teams having, let's say, yeah. ten plus ten plus win records. And then you're going to have that seven and nine. There's eight, always eight, teams that deserve to play in the playoffs that don't make it. Being a four seed because yeah. they won the division. They, that's the biggest thing that they have to get rid for uh, get rid of, in my opinion, if they want to go through that one, two, seven. I 100% agree. In, yeah. my, in my utopia, in my utopia, when it comes to seedings, I would have, and I think we've all talked yeah, about this. I would I, love I'm, it I'm there if you. they simply just rank them by record. Simply rank them by record. Yeah. I wish they could get away with the divisions, but if you're going to keep divisions, then the, I, what I would suggest is if you're going to keep division teams to make the playoffs. That's fine, but when you make the you win your division, that doesn't automatically mean you get the home game. Mm. If let's say there's a team yeah. that happens to be in a better division that you know won won eleven games, but the division winner won fourteen, mm. whereas your division uh, you only won nine games that won your division, you have to go to them, the the wild card team. Yes. You don't get to have, automatically have a home game just because you won a weak ass division. So I would do that if you're going to hold on to the division merit or the division uh, prestige. That would have ruined the whole Patriots dynasty. <laughs> Yeah, they actually had to go, on, they had to go on the road more often. That's, yeah. But that's my point: yeah. is that this is the kind of stuff that actually, you know, everybody claims they love parody. Yeah, this is going to help with parody. Absolutely. Man. So that's why, if, if you're a fan out there and you don't approve of this right now, really think outside the box with all this. Realize that you could be in 1978 right now, and I guarantee you, even though the NFL wasn't as big back then, there were fans out there that probably didn't approve of it. Yeah, there were players that I guarantee you didn't approve of it. 
But here we are 40-plus years later, and 16 games was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I mean that's normal. 16 me, man, games like, ain't me, nothing. Yeah, for me, it just comes down to I'm on board with it for the most part. And I think a lot of players are too because I players want to sure do I mean, – yeah, they're passionate. Most of these guys are passionate. A lot of them are still one to have – shit, having that one extra week to prove yourself to maybe earn a paycheck or it's, earn, it's, earn a contract is having – It's all going to you know, come down to what that last game – Yeah, the incentives for the players. Be. The yes, health coverage what, is key. What am I going to get in return for this extra game? Right. I agree. Well, we're going to leave it there. Like I said, if you guys have any – I know everybody out there has thoughts and opinions on this. Uh, comment on the on the group page, The Spoken. Let us know what you think. Follow us on Twitter, at The Spoken Pod. Let us know what you think, man. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts because this is – it's a fluid situation right now. I mean, they, they get, there's still a lot of moving parts with all this. So we're learning as we go, man. I'm just really excited because I think it's only going to help the NFL grow and – uh, add to the popularity of this already monstrous league. So when we get back, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to have Made Urban Apparel, Made Mobs owner Mark Leno on our show, going to talk to us a little bit about their story, their upbringing, how it all started, and how incredible this playoff run was by the Chiefs for their business. We'll get back to all of that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast. For segment number two, I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Foolish Club Studios with my guy, Eddie Ortiz, and our very special guest, a guy that I've been... Really looking forward to having on the show for a long time. I, I've admired this guy. I have a lot of respect for him, for his business mind. And we obviously talked before the show and really got to just hear a lot of your story, man. I love hearing – I love reading your posts on Facebook. I love you know hearing your your inspirational stories, man. I tell you, it motivates me all the time. Guys, let's give it up for Mark Leneau of the Made yeah, Mob, yeah, Made Urban yeah, Apparel. Yeah, 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 yeah. So obviously you know I'm, a, I'm a, Yeah, absolutely, man. And you obviously know I'm a big fan of your guys' product. Mm-hmm. I rock your guys' stuff all the time. You guys make a great quality product. It isn't that you guys just represent my home, KC, yeah. but it's also because I think you guys represent it well. Thank and you. and I, I mean that with all sincerity, man. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk anymore because I do that all the time on the yeah. show. People are sick of hearing me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's hear from you, man. How did Made Urban Apparel come about? What was what was the, I know this is your brainchild, basically, man. This is this is something that you're very passionate about. That goes without say. How did it start up, man? What what was what was the, the, that really got you guys going? You know, it's crazy, man. We started uh, originally. We came out in 2013, but we did a lot of back-end work um, so, uh, from 2012. So I worked with these other couple guys at Sprint Center, and uh, um, this guy came in with a shirt. It's called, it said Trippy Man, right? It's like Juicy J. And I, I thought it was like the ugliest shirt ever. I'm like, man, I can't believe. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't believe somebody paid for that. And I was like, man, I could do so much better than that. Um, at the time, I've, I've only worked at Sprint three weeks. So... The guys that I've worked with, I started and made my American repair with is guys I've only known for three weeks. You know what I mean? So my family thought I was crazy. My my homies thought I was crazy. They was like, how can you go into business with people who didn't know? Um, for me, it was about energy, right? To me, it's like um, energy don't lie. And so for me, it was like, man, I don't think I need to know them. I, I think their energy speaks for itself. And so here we are seven years later, you know what I mean? And we're still all three here. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. it's just crazy because at the time, it's 2012, um, like uh, streetwear wasn't around in Missouri, Kansas City. And uh, it wasn't that many people doing the clothing line thing at the time. And so um, they both have tried and it didn't work out for them separately. 
And so for me coming in, I was just like, well, we all three having tried together. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so it was like, man, I don't know, man. It just didn't work. But I'm like, man, for me, I just never wanted it to be like 30 and be like, man, I should have. But I never wanted to live life saying I should have. And so literally the next day, we're sitting at Denny's going over this whole <laughs> idea of what his clothing line could be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. every Tuesday, even when we all left jobs, I ended up leaving for Manhattan. When went to K-State. Um, they stayed one different job. We met uh, at a conference call every Tuesday. We never missed a Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we, when we were all in Kansas City, we always went to Buffalo Wild Wings. Every Buffalo Good Wild stuff. Wings you think of the Missouri and the Kansas side, we've all attended all of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. we live a different part of the city. Yeah. So let's go meet this one. Let's go this one. And so that's how it kind of everything kind of started. Um, uh, I ain't cuss on here, right? It could be me. No, do your thing, oh, man. Yeah. You, you heard, so, yeah, say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> so, I, I mean, in the beginning, we fucked up a lot. I mean, we lost a lot of uh, money. We lost a lot of, uh, I guess at the time, being an entrepreneur and uh, being a creative is, you don't know what you're doing. You're just learning as you go. And so, uh, we lost a lot of money. We got a crazy story. We're just a made mob curse. Um, that story's crazy. We'll probably get into that here shortly. But uh, we've always just represented Kansas City. But we always uh, represented ourselves. Yeah. Told our story. So, you know, we dropped collections like uh, Trust or Struggle. Uh, at the time, none of us had a job. And so we were just pursuing this clothing line with no job for like over a year. No job. We're just like, man, this is it. You know what I mean? <laughs> we just made our mind like, yeah. hey, we're going to put our A's in one basket. You yeah. know what I mean? You so, landed on shore and you burned yeah. the boats, man. Yeah. yeah. So we literally just, we did that for like a whole year. Uh, I'm living off my student loans. Um we managed to, our goal was, honestly, we knew we were never going to make money from this. And we, when we came into it, we thought it was just cool shit to do. Like, we always wanted to just to break even. That's our thing. Just break even to create more shit. Mm. Like, we never, where we're at now was a, a, like a goal, that, a milestone we thought we'd hit in 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being able to take this on full time, to be able to have a team, uh, you know, like people, uh, we don't really call them employees. We call them teams. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. We have a team that we have. It's like 11 of us now. Um, we control all the production in-house now. Uh, we're moving to a new location. So I do all my printing. I do all my creative. I do all my sales. I do all my photo shoots. I do all my product shoots. I do everything straight in-house. You know what I mean? But, of course, getting to this point, um, there's been a lot of setbacks, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, learning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. Our story, I mean, it's, it's been a, a crazy story, but we, uh, and the name is funny because people also ask me where we got the name from. Um, we were inspired by the movie uh, Goodfellas. Nice. Okay. And so. I always I always thought that was the case. The main yeah. man, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're really inspired by mobs. That's why I made, made mobs in there too. And so, yeah. So we, originally we started with like Made Urban Apparel, um, and we, we branded it when we went on a national scale. So when we, once we opened outside of Kansas City, um, it was just easier to pitch Made Mob. And we, we've we always called ourselves Made Mob all these years because of good fellas. Hell you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, you know, long story short, like in the movie, they said um, they were trying to go kill one dude, drug lord, whoever it was. And they said, man, you can't touch him. He's a made man. You need permission. And I thought it was the coolest shit ever. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. And the crazy thing about it is we were doing this clothing line thing without a name. We went like six months. So <laughs> we didn't have a name. We just knew we wanted to do a clothing line. And so I've never seen Goodfellas before. I'm eating my Buffalo Wild Wings, and this mob movie came on. I'm like, what is Then the scene came on. I'm like, oh, shit. There it is. The light bulb came on. Yeah. We're going to be called Made, Made Mob. You know what I mean? So that's all, you know, kind of 
Well, one thing, one thing I love about you guys, uh, just from an outside's perspective, is, uh, and I've gotten to know you a little bit over the last couple of years. Uh, one thing I really admire about your guys' style is that you guys, you find this, um, this, this, this perfect place to be. I think for an apparel company, because I, I don't own a apparel company. I don't know what it's like to own an apparel company, but I would imagine it's very challenging to not only keep up with, you know, new styles yeah. and things of that nature, like you mentioned, creative and things like that. But what I do like is that you guys embody this uh, middle ground, like I said, of representing KC well, right. very well. But you don't right. oversaturate it like a lot of other companies right. I've seen come and go, right. where everything's KC, everything's everything's KC. Yeah. You guys also have an eclectic collection of different styles that maybe has nothing to do with Kansas City, just right. has made or has. Has a right. cool design, yeah. you know. My, my one of my favorite designs you guys have is the Panther with the X's crossed out in their eyes. Like, I yeah. love that. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. one of my favorite hats yeah. to wear. It has nothing to do with Kansas City, technically. Kansas City. You know what yeah. I mean? But that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. like, I like that you guys do that. Now, when it comes to the creative side of things, how do you really draw your inspiration? No, Goodfellas is the reason why yeah. you guys got your name. But where do you, you know, really dig deep and get that inspiration to create new designs? Uh, for us, it's always kind of like representing like that blue collar, like you know what I mean, like Kansas City, which is like a working class. You know what I mean? So, for us, um, Bull Rally. Um, I'll shout him out. He's my creative director and co-owner, and we have Jonathan Platts. He's the other co-owner. And so, um, in our company, we all have a different lane that we just hone in on it. You know what I mean? And so, Vu and uh, Max they take over the creative side of things. But a lot of it is just from just what we're around. Honestly, you know, representing Kansas City. What is Kansas City streetwear? You know what I'm saying? Instead of us getting like playing, you know, going the West Coast, East Coast is like we're trying to um, build that identity. You know what I mean? Because it's never been done before. So like. What we're doing now is just trying to paint that picture of what uh, streetwear is in the Midwest. And so we always pay homage to, to Kansas City. We always pay homage to the Midwest roots. And we always um, do shit we like. You Hell know yeah. what I mean? And Hell so, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, talking about what we like, we all loved – the fact that the Chiefs made the run they made in the in these oh, playoffs, yeah. getting to the Super Bowl in such a dramatic fashion and, yeah. and, and just blowing all of our minds and yeah. doing something none of us have ever seen in our lifetimes. Yeah. Um, I would imagine, and I'm not just trying to be facetious here because I'm obviously fully aware of how well it was for you guys. Yeah. I would imagine it was a great, great time, and it's probably still an incredible time for you guys yeah. off this high of the Super Bowl run. Right. Give our listeners a little bit of an insight because I know right. you guys had articles come out about it. But for those that may have not seen those articles or read those articles, let us know just how incredible this this playoff run was for you guys. Man, you know I would say I said uh, I would say God is so good He gave us Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like man, we're gonna go ahead and hear here on that. You one, know bro. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we deserve Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? But um, man, it's been uh, it's been um, you know what's always been crazy for us in Kansas City is. I've always said that we have the best uh, fans in the world. Um, the energy they put into our sports is the same energy they put into small businesses here in Kansas City. They're very local. You know what I mean? Like I was talking to someone recently about uh, Denver. You know, we don't like the Broncos, but <laughs> we, we talk about like he went and lived there from Kansas City. He was like, man, it's crazy because they don't support their own local businesses like Kansas City does. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like not a lot of cities are like that. You come to Kansas City, one of the you know, maybe eight out of ten people you see out in Kansas City is rocking mm-hmm. small business or some Chiefs related or Royals related. You know what I mean? And so, like, that's been like a really um, we've been, man, we've been very, very blessed to start this business in Kansas City, man. Because I think if we would have done it anywhere else, it wouldn't worked out this way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so the first time we really, honestly, what was a breakthrough for me, Mom? Honestly, is when the Royals uh did that in 2015. No doubt, no doubt. It was the first time, you know. We were still fairly new because we came out in 2013. We were still trying to make ends meet. We were still trying to hit our break-even mark. Man, when the Royals did that run, 
shit broke loose, man. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? But seriously, yeah, I you know, like, like I just I still remember like it was just like, damn, how are we gonna keep up with this? Like the people are like, hey, I want world shit, I want world shit. It was like <clears throat> we were just blowing up, and everyone was really blowing up from the Royals. You know what I mean? That's what really got us over the first bump. Then the Chiefs, you know, we got Mahomes, you know what I mean? We got baby Jesus, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I yeah. saw him wearing a oh yeah, a, yeah. a hat of your guys's man. Yeah. It was the red one with the, the, X, the white, X, red X. and white. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And Dante no, Hall's a big, big yeah. supporter of you guys as yeah. well. Yep. So it's crazy. The first time I seen him uh, where I saw was rookie season. I saw him with one of our shirts and I was like, that's crazy. That's gotta feel great, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's gotta like, feel great. It's crazy. I'm like, is that I said that's crazy. Yeah. Then more and more, like I'll go look on his tag pictures on, on uh, Instagram. And you'll see him take people tag him wearing pictures, you know, take pictures with him, and I'll see him wearing made. I'm like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So surreal, I mean it's surreal. And I was wondering, like, how did he even get that? You know what I'm saying? Right. So but you know, we've been very fortunate and blessed to have the a lot of the city support because um we're carrying a lot of these stories here. Like you said, Halls, I mean Shields, I mean Buckle, you know what I mean? Like Buckle don't even carry local stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're in Buckle and of course uh, we got in the rally house, we got to a lot of these um boutiques, local boutiques as well. I think we told her out like a 34. And so 34 stores. You know what that's I mean? Amazing, yeah, that's amazing, man. Awesome. That's so amazing. It's crazy, though, isn't it? In seven so, years. I mean, you're talking about, yeah. you know, that's and for, for an apparel company because of how competitive yeah. it is yeah. out there. Yeah. You have something that people want. Right. Not only not only just locally. I mean, you got people yeah. outside of the city, yeah. man, that yeah. are they're rocking your gear, man. I mean, man. I, you, got, you guys are all over. Yeah, exactly. Like, we'll go back to the question I asked, man, in the, in like uh, when we beat the Titans, um, we had dropped this merch called the Revenge Tour. And so we kind of play us played off of like uh like you know you had a concert you know what I mean like a little tour so that's what we kind of make uh merch off a of, merch tour and that that shit literally twenty four hours pay I ran for three months <laughs> that's so awesome and man. the more it was coming in and we're starting to have a panic attack like oh shit like <laughs> this shit's still coming in you know what I mean and same thing with the super super bowl man that was the craziest one yeah I don't really like talking about it but <laughs> no it's great know, man. we're on the twenty first right and I was I'm still packaging order from the third of February. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like we're yeah. still panicking. Three like, weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> three weeks ago, and we're still on the third. I'm like, people are calling us, you know, emailing us, like, hey, when is-? we had to put out like uh, statements, like, hey, you know, she's kind of trying to work with us. We're trying to keep up because not only we have to fulfill our side of things, we have to fulfill all our other stores. Sure. And so, like, you know, you get any kind of it's like you know supply and demand. That's thing. a great problem to have. It's man. a great problem. It's a great problem. Like, I was it's still a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> you know, like today I'm so tired, man. We literally spent the last two weeks of shipping. All we've been doing Ooh. is shipping. Are we showing up two hours before we even open ship? Stay two hours later just to ship. But you know what I mean? Man. It's like such a great, great, great time to be in Kansas City. Absolutely. I always continue to tell people that even before all this, um, it's such a great time to be in the city. It's a great time just to. To be having having your hands on something here in Kansas City, absolutely, because they're going to grow with or without us. Yeah. And so for me, right. And so for me, I always wanted to contribute to that. You know what I mean? Contribute to that growth. So, yeah, man. Well, the fact that you took the time to even be here with us means the world to us. Because I know how busy of a guy you <laughs> oh, are. Man, I'm happy to be here. It, it, it matters, man. And I, yeah, I go man. and I'll visit you guys at the shop yeah. all the time, just try to yeah. you know, check up, see how you guys yeah. are doing. And obviously, whenever I see new designs come out, I have yeah. to come out and buy it myself because I, I really do love you guys' product. Um, if you guys have anything new coming out, man, yeah. that, you know, I don't, you don't want to give it away, but yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming there's some, there's some new stuff in the works, correct? Yeah, we got, honestly, man, 2020, uh, what we said coming to 2020 was a, a year of collaborations. For me, it was, I was like, I'm just so local, man. I love local. I do, we do a lot of community events. 
Um, I do a lot of like workshops or life skills. You educate. guys killed on First Fridays too, man. Oh man, you guys First Friday, killed on First Fridays. Concert down there, man. It's amazing, man. You know, and we're in the middle of all of it too. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Our district, the crossroads. So it's literally a block. We literally throw block parties every First Friday. It's a block party. We have auto food trucks. Uh, we open up uh, like an open mic for a lot of uh, guys coming, MCs coming up. We want to just give them that platform to get their you know their their hands okay. dirty. For sure, man. Where, where can everybody find you guys? I mean, obviously on social media. I mean, right, it's right. Made Made Mob. I'm assuming right, right. is that what if you guys have on Instagram? Find us on uh, it's Made Mob, uh, M A D E M O B B. Same thing with you know, Facebook. Same thing with Twitter, and same thing with the website MadeMob.com. And where can they find the shop in the crossroads? Uh, we're on two two one Southwest Boulevard. And we also have a store in the store on the Plaza, and we're also. Did you see that thing we just did today? Yeah, on I did. List? We're putting our downtown location. Oh yeah. So we're giving that space to uh, like upcoming creatives, small businesses. Like I said, we're really big on being behind um, people that are uh, trying to pursue their dreams, man. And so we stand by that shit. We love seeing that shit. We want to contribute to that. Absolutely, man. Well, you're contributing to our dream by being here, man, and talking about yours, man. man. So (laughs) it means the world to us, man. And and you're always welcome here. Obviously, Uh, we support you guys. We love you guys, man. You guys are you guys are definitely an incredible embodiment and a representation of our city, where we're from, and and it means the world to us. You guys are out there doing it the way you guys are doing it. Man, I was just talking about you recently too. Oh yeah, yeah. I was just telling me like, man, I just love like I love your energy, man. You you know what I mean? I'm like. That Lance is a dope ass dude, bro. You know what I mean? Seriously, though. I appreciate that. Yeah, so we be t- <laughs> no, we talking that shit at May. I'm like, even uh, the, one of the guys I was seeing him come in, Ori, he was like, man, dude was just a dope ass dude, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate you know that. You know, we see each other. It's just like, yeah. we've known, it feels like we've always known each other Absolutely. all our life. So Absolutely. I'm always grateful for our relationship, man. And, thank and you, thank man, you for from the bottom, man. That means thank a lot. You. So my guy, Mark Leno, let's give it up for Mark Leno, guys. Yeah. It, means, it means everything. Check out Made Mob. If you've not, Purchase any of their products. I don't know what the hell you guys are doing, man, because I'm telling you, it's it's top quality stuff. It's top drawer. Definitely check them out. Go visit them, man. Go say, hey, great dudes, down-to-earth dudes, man. I'm telling you, it's family. It's all family. So uh, yeah. definitely check them out on social media as well. They always got great stuff dropping on their line, man. Check them out for sure. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a lot more Chiefs. Yeah. We're going to give you guys our top five free yeah. agent once. And who is the greatest overachiever in, in, in Chiefs history? We'll get yeah. back to all of that. After Let's this, go. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Foolish Club Studios. My guy is Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And Eddie Ortiz. Go, go, go. We just got done having an incredible, that was an incredible conversation awesome. with yeah, our guy, Mark awesome. Leno from uh, Made Mob. Meant everything, and that meant everything to me. For humble him. guy, man. Yeah, humble did, guy. Yeah, we, 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 I mean, we almost had to like stall the show because we were having so much fun talking before yeah. the show. Yeah, and, you know, Mark was just talking about life, and I'm telling you, man, those are definitely seafood. It, you can't, you can't <laughs> and seafood, obviously. Him, seafood. him, him he's, he's enjoying them crab legs right now. <laughs> Shout out. He's taking his wife to a seafood dinner, and he will call her again. But I mean, shout out Crab King. Yeah, yeah. Shout out for sure. Yeah, friend of the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> crabs are friend of the show. Yes, <laughs> that's probably not a good yeah. thing to say. But no, but but seriously, man. Shout out to Mark. Uh, if you're, I know my our people in Kansas City, man. I know I know the pulse of this city. We love to support our own. Oh yeah. If you're looking for a company to support in this yeah. city, Made Mob is the city. Is the company, shit. man. I'm, they make incredible yeah. apparel, incredible high quality stuff. I'm talking top of the line, man. It's them. It's Commandeer. And then it's everybody else, in my opinion, when it comes to apparel. Wasteland Society, all those guys are all great, man. But I'm telling you, man, you definitely need to check out Made Mob if you have not already. I'm sure somebody – you own at least a hat from them. I mean, they, they, they're all over the place, man. So 
Uh, shout out to our guy Mark for taking the time, man, on his busy schedule to be out here with us. But we're going to get back to some football talk, man, because I know that's what you guys have been wanting to talk about. Go. And we've been teasing it a little bit, and obviously this is the time of year when you start talking about what, you know, how you want to see the team tinker and get better and make some moves. Because in the NFL, you know, man, it's a revolving door. There's going to be moves that you don't foresee. There's going to be players gone, players coming in, players hopefully staying. And so we we decided is that we're going to make it. We're going to comprise comprise a top five free agency want list. Uh, I mean, it's very early. We're not even in March yet. But we, you know, I feel like this is a perfect time to really start talking about this stuff yeah, because yeah. we can adjust these lists as Spit we go off. on. Yep. And, I, and I'll go ahead and start my list real quick, guys, because I, I, I really – these moves are moves I don't just throw out there. These are things I really want to see the team do. This isn't just to fill a list or fill some time. Right. So uh, right off the top of my list, man, and, and at number one, sign Chris Jones. We talked about it last week. We've been talking about it since last offseason. It's common sense. Sign Chris Jones. You're, he's gonna he's gonna get the franchise tag one way or another. We've made peace with it. Chris Jones will be with the Chiefs next season. He's either gonna be playing on a franchise tag or they're gonna extend him. One way or another, Chris Jones will be a Chief next season. So I would love it if the Chiefs made sure that they take care of him this offseason. They should have done it last offseason. They can do it this offseason, and I believe that they're going to. So that's the first move I'd love to see the Chiefs do. Second. You either got to cut or significantly restructure Sammy Watkins. We've also talked about that as well. Um, as time is going on, and as I'm listening to things more and more, and, and looking at this draft class and where things are going to be at with this draft class, they're saying this is the most talented wide receiver draft class in over 20 years. That's according to Therese Paler and a lot of other men that I respect and take their opinions very seriously, especially when it comes to the NFL draft. Yeah. Sammy Watkins has no, and I mean no, leverage. No team out there is going to overspend for him because of this draft class. Yes, he is 26 years old, and yes, he's played very well in the biggest games of his career. I'm not taking nothing away from Sammy Watkins. He has no leverage. So if he wants to be on a really good team and make 10 to $12 year, million a year, Kansas City's going to be where it's going to be. But that's only if he's going to take that. If not, Chiefs need to part ways with him, save the $14 million, and spend that elsewhere. Number three, sign a veteran cornerback. Uh, Bashad Breland's going to be gone. He's going to go and make his money. Somebody will overspend for Bashad Breland. He's 26 years old, had himself an incredible season with the Chiefs in 2019. I absolutely loved what Bashad Breland brought to the table. Played a significant role in them winning the Super Bowls. Absolutely solidified that cornerback position opposite of Shavarius Ward. Mm -hmm. Would love to see them go out there and get a guy like, let's say, uh, uh, Jones. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Chris Harris. I'm sorry, Chris yeah. Harris uh, from the Broncos. Wants to play in Kansas City. He wants to come back home. Uh, the market right now is set around $11 million per year. That's not expensive if you really look around the league and look at the veteran cornerbacks out there. They're all making around that right now. Just turned 30 years old. He's one of the most versatile defensive backs in the entire NFL. If they can't get that done, I'd love to see them retain Kendall Fuller, 25 years old, just as versatile, knows this system, knows this defense, and played pretty damn well over the last couple of seasons. And if you really think about it, when it comes to Kendall Fuller, mm -hmm. he was the top, he was the, the, the premier piece to the Alex Smith trade. So you know that Brett Veach is going to want to capitalize off that trade as much as possible. So if you can keep a Kendall Fuller, that's obviously great. But if you can't make that move, obviously I would love to see them get Chris Harris. Yep. Number four, they have to upgrade at guard. Uh, I, I like uh, LDT, Laurent DuVernay-Tardif. I like him, but I think the Chiefs can get better. And they can get, they can get cheaper. I think there's guys out there that are just as good, if not better, than LDT that have less of a history of, of health concerns that I think they can go out there and get. And I said, from a market price, you can go and get a, an experienced guy out there and help solidify the guard position. And I do believe the Chiefs will be flirting with that in the draft as well, even though they only have five picks. I do believe they're going to try to get better at the offensive line because they could definitely get more help up front. 
And then number five, without question, and I'm standing firm on this one, <laughs> and I've talked about it since it all went down. The Chief, I would love to see the Chiefs go back and get Kareem Hunt. Now, I do know that he is under, he's an unrestricted free agent. I'm sorry, he's a restricted free agent, which mm. means that any team can he can sign with any team on an offer sheet, but if the Browns match it, they have the rights to keep Kareem Hunt for another season. Right. Here's the thing with the Browns. There is so much in flux with that franchise right now. If Kareem Hunt was a premier back for them, if let's say Nick Chubb didn't exist in Cleveland, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even flirt with this idea of, of, a, of a reunion. But since Nick Chubb is there and was one one game away from leading the league in, in, in rushing yards this year, and the fact that John Dorsey is no longer with Cleveland, I don't feel that there's a lot of loyalty there for Kareem Hunt. Do you feel like that there's some there's like a lingering issue though that he could be ca- cause some kind of issue in the locker room? I know he would be glad to be back, but the dude has issues. He does have issues, but real quick, and I don't want to go off on a tangent about this because I want to get your guys' list yeah, as well. Yeah, I just had to throw it in there. From everything that we know about the players on the Chiefs, yeah. they love Kareem. Of course, there's been no bad blood between him and teammates. It's more about him so, as an individual, exactly. Yeah. So those are the type of things I think teams can can work with because of the fact that it is you're not a cancer in your locker room. If if Kareem Hunt was bad in the locker room, I wouldn't want him here. Yeah. But he isn't everybody. Even to, even in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes is talking about Kareem Hunt yeah. and, and, and how, yeah. you know he loves him and things like that. So, twenty four years old, the talent, will, the price is he yeah, would not, not going to find it anywhere. If the Chiefs said, you know what, we're we're, we're going to offer Kareem Hunt a one year eight million dollar deal, knows just the, like Damian Williams knows the system. One million eight, yeah. eight, eight one year eight million dollars. Let's say the Browns don't match that. All right. The Chiefs can get Kareem Hunt back. You're talking about a 24 year old stud who had 14 touchdowns through 11 games in 2018. Already, he's led, led the league in rushing already. Yes. Uh, yeah. So even if, let's say let's say that happens, it doesn't happen. Even yeah. if the, regardless of what happens with Kareem Hunt in Kansas City, the last part of my top my, my number five, I would love to see the Chiefs go out and get Devontae Freeman. I think he would fit this offense perfectly. He's going to be 28 years old next season. He's coming off a better season. He's been a little banged up lately, but he would not have nearly the amount of pressure or expectation in this offense. He could fit right in as a, as a, as a, as a co-piece to Damian Williams or Kareem Hunt, whoever. He's a, whoever pro, he's a prototypical is. Andy Reid running back. He is perfect for this yeah. offense. And like I said, it, the offense wouldn't be running through him. He'd be like the fourth or fifth option in this offense. At 28 years old, Devontae Freeman, yeah. sign me the hell up. And he would not require a ton of money in what the What do you get to choose between him and Austin Eckler? I'm taking Eckler. I'm taking Eckler, too, because he's younger. Yeah. And I think that— and They're probably around the same price. Eckler might be cheaper. Who knows? That, yeah. and that, that's the thing. I don't think Eckler's going to be available. I think the Chargers are going to lock him up. He's I really, I really think that he's 25 years old. He's just, yeah, yeah. they love him, and yeah. I think he's going to be a Charger for a long time. I don't even time. know, yeah, I don't even know if Melvin Gordon's going to be back. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think you know, he'll be 28 years old after this season. I don't, and I, there's some bad blood. Between I can see him Chargers. going to like the Bucks or something like that, somewhere. Who, Who knows? knows? Yeah. All right, well, Trevor, let's get to your top five. Um, yeah. So I mean, my top five as far as free agents moves I would like to see us make. My number one, Chris Jones is kind of already. In my mind, is like a no-brainer. We need to bring him back. Um, so I started my number one spot off with bringing uh, bringing in a veteran corner because I don't know how we're going to shake out this whole our whole because we have a lot of guys on the bubble, not bubble, but like guys that are we don't know if we're going to be here. You know, if Kendall Fuller and Breland, we don't know if those guys are going to be here or not. I want to go after Patrick Peterson. I really, really want to go after Patrick Peterson for giving like a one one or two year deal. Because Veach has known, Veach has already shown that he's willing to do that with some veterans, bring guys in and and bringing in a, 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 an aged veteran cornerback that obviously doesn't look like he's going to be in Arizona. 
It doesn't seem that way anyways. Um, there's him. Like you said, Chris Harris is obviously the second guy on my list who I'd like to see. Uh, James Bradbury is a free agent. He's a stud. Andy's young. I think he's 27, I think. Maybe younger than that. I think he's 25, 27. Um, but I would really like to see his uh, resign Rashad Breland, but I think he's going to demand too much. Uh, he proved himself this year. He's going to get probably you know a Super good Bowl tax. a good three year deal somewhere. Yep. Um, and uh, I don't know if you saw it too. Uh, the Bears actually just cut Prince of Mukamura, who I like a lot too. He's a younger guy. I mean, there's I, options out there. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of uh, lingering uh, uh, um, corners out there. But I mean, obviously Pat P. We wanted him last year. Last couple of years, before. we yeah. wanted him for for forever now, and I think he would fit right in, and he would be. A perfect. I think he would be like the Sherman. You know, Sherman impacted the the, the San Fran's defense over there. He would have a similar impact, maybe better, because I think he's a better corner than Sherman did uh, over there. <clears throat> and he's younger, obviously. Um, second, obviously, on my list was defensive tackle. Depending how the Chris Jones situation shakes out, obviously, like I said, I started off. I want Chris Jones. We all want Chris Jones. It's a no brainer. If you want to run this back, it's our best option is to bring him back and figure out that way. But there is guys, and you know, uh, Shaq Barrett, I think is available, who I think is a stud. Um, Dante Fowler also uh, was released from the uh, the Jaguars. Those are two guys that I think are comparable. They're, they're not the talent that Chris Jones is, or the, or the, the actual, actual absolute one man wrecking crew that Chris Jones is. But those are guys that are, that will give you production. Uh, and I would love to see those guys if if something you know if we ended up shipping off Chris Jones for uh, in a package deal or something like that. Those guys are definitely fill in type players. Um, number two, or number three, I want to address a linebacker. Man, we got. We got to bring in some linebacker talent. I know who, who's our number number one and number two linebackers. We got what uh, Hitchens and Raglan are probably our two best linebackers. <clears throat> we have to improve that. Um, I would like to see us get a little quicker with our linebacker core. We don't have the fastest, uh, and the way the league is evolving, there's a lot of quick over the middle. Obviously, we see it with the Chiefs' offense how we attack linebackers. We we get a lot of uh, quick slants over the middle. Um, or to, or to bouncing them out to the outside, making linebackers chase them, trying to play coverage. You know, so speed is a big thing. I would like to see us go attack and get some, you know, maybe some quicker linebacker guys to come and help this uh, linebacker core. Um, some guys that can make really good open open field tackles. Um, as who I thought Dorian O'Daniel was a guy I thought it was going to be a guy for that. And he those, still could. He I, still I could. definitely think, yeah, but I loved his talent coming in. He just hasn't really been on the field, man. He's been a special teams guy strictly. Yeah. Um, but he made some pretty good plays down the stretch. Anyways. Linebacker for sure. Uh, Danny Trevathan. Trevathan is a guy out there. Uh, Corey Littleton, a stud. Uh, and then Kyle Van Noy. I think Kyle Van Noy is the guy I want, if I'm being honest. I would love to have just a guy that's been in that Patriots system, a guy that's that's that's, that's well entrenched in, in just the culture of the NFL. Absolute stud. Can, is, is, a good, is a good guy that can, you know, he's not the fastest linebacker, but he's a very hard-hitting guy, a guy that is a, a, a force that will let you know he's there. Um, I would like to have that guy there and a guy that actually is vocal. Um, number four, I actually have wide receiver. I would love to see us bring in another. Like you talked about Sammy Watkins. Obviously, we I think we all can agree that he's more than likely gone unless he restructures it entirely. Um, I would like to see us try to bring in AJ Green. I would like to see it. I would like to see it because um, I think obviously they're making a lot of changes over there in Cincinnati. Um, we all believe. I think that we all can agree that I think they're going to try to go after Joe Burrow try to bring him in um i i said that andy dalton i think is going to still be there you think otherwise um so if they're going to start shipping off pieces and making changes big changes over there the aj green's an aging guy i think he's what 30 31 31 now um i would just love to have that that tall quick speedy uh deep route kind of guy and also for the for, for the red zone because mahomes has had a really really outside of what demarcus robinson is probably the tallest receiver he's had um who's not you know the greatest talent aj green's a Hall of Fame talent, um, 
So having that tall guy to have uh, in our offense would be great. Robbie Anderson's another guy who would be on the cheap. Um, he still has a lot to prove in this league, and still has a chip on his shoulder because he's, you know, he's hasn't been getting a, given a contract. He hasn't really had the Jets never really had, showed that they had faith in him as a receiver. Uh, but he has a lot of skill, and I think his skill set would actually flourish in this offense with his speed. Um, Rashad Perriman, also same thing. Speed speed speedster guy who has has a lot to prove still. Who's been in the league and he's dealt with injuries. Uh, and then Taylor Gabriel, who's also released from the Bears, who would be absolutely perfect for this. He's like him and Tyreek and and and, and uh, uh, um um. Nicole, Nicole Hardman. Hardman, those three together on the same field would be outrageous. The speeds, the speed there would just be outrageous um, in this offense. Uh, and then obviously number five, I'm with you on the interior offensive line. Um, that can have easily been my number one because I want to protect Mahomes at all costs. Um, there's not a lot of names out there as far as offensive linemen, interior offensive linemen, but I, I would love to see us attack that in the draft for sure. Uh, bringing some young, fresh legs, uh, big body guys that are willing to protect Mahomes at all costs. And uh, yeah, that's my number five spot there. There's that guy from the Colts, right? The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's uh, a, and then Denver, I think, uh, what's the name from Denver? Is, uh, but there's, a, yeah. Okay. Uh, at my number one, uh, I'm going to agree with Lance on, on that one. That's Chris Jones. Uh, that just has to be your number one priority. That, like, before you do anything else, assign Chris right, Jones. Right. Uh, do anything you can to, to sign him. Uh, that's my number one. My number two, I'll agree with you guys, uh, bring in a veteran cornerback. Mm hmm. Uh, just uh, with Rashad Breeland and Kendall Fuller being pretty much free agents and not knowing if they're even going to be here next season, uh, we need that veteran presence back there. Uh, obviously, we have uh, Tyron Matthew as a safety. He can, he can play a little bit of corner and all that, but you still need that veteran guy uh, besides Tyron Matthew, you know, push those guys. Yeah. Uh, and I had I actually had Chris Harris as, as my number one option on that. Uh to bring in for for cornerback uh at number three i have wide receiver uh obviously i don't know what's going to happen with the whole sammy watkins uh if we're going to keep him if we're going to you know uh, trade him away cut him what's going to happen uh then you're losing to marcus robinson uh so so my pick on that one was kind of like uh i was like like who do i because i don't know what's going to happen with sammy watkins i don't know if we're going to keep him so like Someone with uh, Rashad Perriman mm -hmm. uh, from the Bucks. Uh, I think he, he looked good he, this year. He, he would be a good fit here. Yeah, I like Trevor said he's dealt with injuries, but he, he has some to prove. You know what I mean? So if he comes here, play with Patrick Mahomes, you know, still got that he, speed exactly. and he's a taller guy. Yeah. yeah. So that was my option number four. I agree with you on uh, Kareem Hunt. It, it, it's it's bringing in a, a running back, not because I don't trust Damian Williams, uh, because I do, but if we look at the whole season as a in, in totality, uh, he didn't really do much outside of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. he, he was pretty much obsolete. They're, like the, our run game was mediocre to none. So we need that guy that we need that presence that's going to keep us, uh, you know, keep my home like away from always throwing the ball yeah. away from those big hits. Yep. Uh, just trying to stay away. Short fieldage blocking exactly. running back. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and Kareem Hunt's it's uh, like the biggest biggest. Uh, option you have right now that you can possibly get yeah he's a he's a he's pro bowl proven, talent on a practice squad he's price proven, he's proven what, <laughs> right. what kind of talent he has his off uh off the field issues that's that's it's a concern that's man. my only concern mm -hmm. on this so the chiefs would have all the leverage on this contract for sure kind of like the browns did i think it was only a one, one million dollar contract kind of I, I would kind of do the same if i was a Chiefs, like do a million a million dollar contract don't guarantee anything <laughs> of it uh, kind of help him, help him out. Uh, 
some counseling or something, you know, but that, that would be my option on that. Uh, I wouldn't even think about Melvin Gordon. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like what he did with the Chargers sitting out and not even having any kind of leverage, kind of like what Ezekiel Elliott did. He kind of tried to do the same thing, but right. obviously it did not work out for him at all. And with that, just kind of gave me like a, a bad vibe of him. And in my number five, uh, you guys didn't mention uh, this position at all. I'm going to go tight end. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey is is in, is is in his 30s, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to be 30 or 31 this year. I can't remember. He's 31, I think. I think he's going to be 31. He's, he's going to be 31. You, you have another three years of possibly prime. Nah, I wouldn't say prime, but really good Kelsey. And, and obviously, you're going to age and start going to start playing a factor. And he's slowly going to start, you know, getting less and less. He's not, a, he's not the best blocker out there. So, I think the Chiefs, what they have to do in this draft is is, is go for a tight end. I, that's for me. That's a, a big concern because outside of Kelsey, you have nobody. Uh, yes, you have Blake Bell, but we saw what happened in Tennessee when Patrick Mahomes tried to go to Blake Bell and he couldn't get open. So you you need you need to upgrade in that position just just for the fact that Kelsey's aging and he's not going to get any younger. The longer you take in, in upgrading that position, it's gonna it's gonna hurt to find somebody to to come in and make that impact as soon as it gets on the field. Yeah. Supposedly the Chiefs are talking about uh, having bringing Demetrius Harris back, and I know that a lot of people don't like that. Did I, he I mean, just I, sign I, somewhere? I I don't know. I, didn't, yeah. I thought he. Oh, I, thought I don't think you can't sign. You can't drive. sign anywhere yet. Oh, Free okay. agency hasn't started, so but there's rumors <laughs> that the Chiefs would be open to having Demetrius Harris back. He'll be. I think he'll be 28 this season. And you know, I, I called him incompletrius Harris, yeah, but yeah. he does know the offense. Yeah, and he was productive. So yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. looking for a quick fix or a, a guy to add depth that you know has played pretty decent in this offense, and Patrick Mahomes likes and Andy Reid likes him. Yeah, that would be uh, a guy I think that they should probably. So to add to your point, Eddie, I yeah. think that'd be a guy you know they go get. You know who I like? You might, you, you guys might disagree. Is uh, the guy with the uh, for the Colts? Uh, Fuck, what's his name? Oh, oh uh, why yeah. dude? Uh, you talking about Doyle? Ebron. Ebron. Eric Ebron. Now, he hasn't yeah. played well. I would love to see Eric Ebron in this well, offense. That, you're going to have to speed. That's the thing. Though, I would love like, to see Hunter Henry. There's, he's there's, about, there's about six or seven tight ends in the entire world that can play at a high level, and Eric Ebron is one of them. So it's it's you're, you're going to have to spend big money on guys like that. Yeah, so Hunter Henry, too. You're going to have to be a little bit more realistic with, uh, like, no, I get it. An I opportunity for you know a guy that, to come what in. What kind of season he had last, uh, this just previous season, mm. kind of like, Coming off of a great 2018, it's kind of like he has something to prove. He's a good red zone guy, not the most productive open field. Because he wasn't all that great last season, if you think about it. He, uh, there people were talking about how he how he digress uh, regressed from from 2018. So I I think uh, him and the cheese, if if possible, they can probably work a deal out for like two years. You know, two years, ten million, something like that. So yeah. he can prove himself. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that, that that at the end of the day, who's not gonna want to play with uh, Patrick Mahomes and so Tom Brady? <laughs> um, <laughs> Watch him be our backup. I, I, I have been saying that if Tom wants a seventh championship, he might as well come hold a clipboard for old Patty. Oh. Um, no, so that, those those are our five needs right now, or five wants rather in free agency. We haven't attacked obviously our draft because we're not you know gonna do that until after yeah, the useless combine. But <laughs> this is where we're at right now. I, I think this is these are all legitimate. You know, lists, and, and I think once that we all can have as fans, I'm sure the fans out there listening to this right now have very similar wants and needs. And I've had people come to me and ask me, why the hell do I keep bringing up Kareem Hunt? Because we have a coach here in Kansas City that is 
known for second chances, allowing second chances for players that like Michael Vick. I mean, uh, let's be real here for a second. What what he did was I don't want to rank things, but I think it made much more of a, di- a dynamic and shocking uh, ripple across media and across the, the masses than what Kareem Hunt did. I mean, I think I'm, I just I don't want to like get into it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I just feel like he burned a bridge, man. I, really, I, I get I really, that. I get that, and I understand if we were if we were looking at the Chiefs before Andy Reid, there was no chance in hell Kareem Hunt would ever get back. To I just feel like but he I broke the that, trust of Andy Reid because Andy Reid believed him when he lied to him. Oh, that's, I understand. That's a, that's a bridge. Uh, I don't. Man. I don't want to sit here and downplay what took place or why they cut him because they cut him because of the lie, not because of what he but did. I mean, this, this is a different situation with Andy Reid because he he burnt a bridge with Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Second chances are guys that did things outside of Andy Reid. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I Michael Vick was outside yeah. of him. T.O. was outside of him. All these I, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, the NFL is a he fraternity. personally offended him. The NFL is a is a fraternity, and, yeah. and Andy Reid has shown numerous times he gives guys, whether it's directly a, b- below him as yeah. far as second chances yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just, I would. I want that. I let, want Kareem let, Hunt back. Let's, let's cut the shit. Yeah. Like Kareem Hunt is very good at what he does well, football it, it, yeah. wise. He fits this offense seamlessly. And if any fix at the running back position is that gives us the best chance of having the more best the best amount of production in our offense is Kareem Hunt. And, 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 and there's going to be people out there that are going to want to see the Chiefs draft a running back. I and think I, we will. I get that, I, and, I, and maybe they I will. Here, here, Fourth round. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Damian Williams was an undrafted running back that the Chiefs did not pick up. A third string initially. in Miami. Yeah. He got them. They got him. They got him on a two-year, eight million dollar deal, I believe, mm. and he could have won Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. So you're not going to need to spend, yeah. uh, you know, high-level draft picks or big money uh, on fourth, running backs when when you have we need an, draft offense, an offense that literally plugs and plays running backs. I'm not sure. Again, I don't want to be the hypocrite here and say that you know running backs don't matter because you guys know my stance on that. My point though is, is that you can get production without having to take running backs early in the draft. We were the, we, we were the running worst back. running team in the league this year. And we won yeah. the Super and Bowl, I, and we need to change that. They need to change. <laughs> and we won the Super Bowl. Right. I'm just saying. That, 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 there are answers for that. I think you add yeah. depth with guys like Devontae Freeman or Kareem Hunt no with, with Damian Williams. No doubt. No doubt. Damon Williams on his own, he's not he's not the answer to this running game. Mm. We've seen my thing is looking the season as a whole. I can't just look at the playoffs and say, Oh, he was a great running back. You know what I mean? Mm. He plays outstanding in the playoffs. Yeah. But what did he do in the season? Oh, I also think he I, is, but yeah. I also think the run game has been affected this season also because of the fact that up front the offensive line has been really bad. Run blocking, it, yeah. run blocking wise, mm-hmm. it's been really, really bad. I mean, you're, the A and B gaps were yeah. non-existent all season. So Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, Daryl Williams, whoever Spencer, was running the ball, yeah. they had no real shot to get upfield through the middle of the, of the offensive and we line. Knew that. And yeah. if you can't do that, your running game is going to suck. So they got to get better up front. That's why I put that up there on my list. And I think that, yes, the Chiefs are obviously going to add some depth to the running back position. They're not going to go out there with Darwin Thompson as a running back too. It's not happening. He's just not going to be that guy, at least not right now. Right. So they're going to go. I do believe that they're going to go and get a free agent running back, a guy that still has some juice left, that is not going to demand a high market value return. I think that they're going to go and get a Devontae Freeman type. Hopefully, they'll go to Kareem Hunt because, I love that. again, yeah. 24 years old, for God's sakes, knows the offense has been arguably the best running back we've seen with the Chiefs since 2006, Larry Johnson. Mm-hmm. It's been, he's been, I mean, and I'm including Jamal Charles. Yeah. That's how crazy, like how good Kareem oh, Hunt was. Oh, a pure was. runner, yes. In 2018, Kareem Hunt, he, all right, he leads the league in 2017 in rushing yards, and then in 2018 is having an even better season. Like he was putting up numbers. And the best, part about, the best part about Kareem Hunt was his ability to catch the ball because he didn't even do that in college. 
He was amazing at, at, amazing. at, at catching passes. It's just, Those bubble screens that him and Mahomes would have were so yes. deadly, man. And yeah. Kareem Hunt was more – it was kind of like an accident. You know, it was kind of yeah. like that accident. Third-round pick. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the only reason – They did trade up for him. Let's not pretend like they didn't love no, him. No, but I'm saying oh, yeah. the only reason he started the game was because Spencer Ware and uh, Charkandrick West were hurt. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, so yeah. We can't, we oh, can't and he fumbled his that. first snap. Yeah, we can't look he fumbled his that. first and run. He fumbled his first snap. And they went so, right back to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Bring Kareem Hunt back, please. Yeah, yeah, That'd be yeah. great. I'm with so, it, man. Give us your list as well. Follow us on the Spoken uh, at the Spoken Pod and, and on Facebook at the Spoken. We're gonna leave that there. Love to hear from you guys. When we get back, I'm gonna tell you guys about the biggest overachiever in Chiefs history. We'll get back to that after this. Wasteland Society, an apparel brand inspired by the underground, the weird, the youth, post-punk, 80s and 90s pop culture, and the idea of living life on the opposite end of the spectrum to the fullest. Hand-printed in Kansas City using an eco-friendly printing process on sweatshop-free garments that are ethically made in the USA. Find them. We are Wasteland Society on Instagram. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Foolish Club Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What up? And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. So we have, uh, we've covered a lot, man. We've had uh, Mark Leno from uh, Made Mob come in tonight and, and some drop some knowledge about the experiences that they've had as a company. We've talked about Mo- uh, Rob Manfred and the MLB and just how incompetent that whole shit show has been. Uh, we've talked about the new NFL proposal. We've talked about our free agency once. Now we're going to talk about something that I've been thinking about all week long. And I actually talked to our guys Shaggy Shane and Clay Windler uh, about this, I really wanted to get them their insight because they've also been Chiefs fans their entire lives, or at least a long time. And I, I asked them the question: of all the players the Chiefs have ever drafted, who is the player that has overachieved the most? And I, I'm not obviously talking about this. I'm talking about like drafts, like with a position of when they were drafted, what they've done in a, in the in the window that they had. Well, mm-hmm. I went, I spent hours, and I mean hours, looking for the, the, the right guy. And I went back all the way from, I started in 1970 because I think any time before that, not to discredit any of those players, but let's be real. When they had like 14 rounds, I don't think a lot of people were really paying attention to the guys that were in the 12th, 13th round. And quite frankly, I wasn't alive to see the majority of those guys play. So I looked at it and I went from 1970 up and I scrolled all the way up to 2004. Despite only playing four seasons in Kansas City, Jared Allen currently ranks sixth all-time in franchise history in sacks with 43, Hmm. only trailing Eric Hicks by one and a half sacks for fifth all-time, and Eric Hicks played in 67 more games with the Chiefs. 67 more games (laughs) only had a sack and a half more than Jared Allen did. Allen also ranks fifth all-time in Chiefs history in forced fumbles, Sixth in quarterback hits, and somehow he ranks 16th all-time in passes defended in only four seasons in Kansas City. Jared Allen was an absolute beast, and they got him in the fourth round. And Jared Allen is a surefire Hall of Fame player. Now, obviously, he put up his best numbers with the Vikings when the Chiefs traded him, and they ended up getting the Jamal Charles trade out of the whole thing, and I think that was 07, and then he went to the Vikings in 06, or 08. Um, and he ended up having incredible seasons afterwards. But in four seasons, you could make the legitimate case that Jared Allen is the greatest overachiever of all time in Kansas City history based on guys that have been drafted. I'm not talking about free agents. I'm talking about guys that are homegrown. And I was very tempted 
to go with Jared Allen. I thought, okay, that's it. He's He got it. Jared Allen is the guy, greatest overachiever of all time. <laughs> then I scrolled up about a little over a decade more. Well, that's not it, huh? Already seventh all-time amongst Chiefs wide receivers in yards, fourth in targets, seventh in receptions, Ooh. fifth in yards per reception, fifth in receiving touchdowns despite being 15th in total games. Here's his best stat. Amongst every wide receiver to ever play for the Chiefs, Tyree Kill has the highest catch percentage in team history at 68%. Mm. Being the 165th pick in the 2016 draft, Tyree Kill has my vote as the greatest overachiever of all time. You have to think. I mean, everybody praises Tom Brady for being the 199th pick and doing what he did. When the Chiefs drafted Tyreek Hill, he was a running back technically in college. Yep. And no one expected him Magic to ever player. be a wide receiver one. No, We thought at best this guy was going to be a DeAnthony Thomas style of player yep. that just played special teams and got a couple little gadget plays here and there. Tyreek Hill has become arguably the most deadly weapon, offensive weapon, in the entire league. Now, you can have your opinions on what you think happened off the field during this last offseason. That's totally within your right. I'm talking about the player. I'm talking about what he's done on the field. Look at those numbers again. It's incredible. In just four seasons. And it's not even four full seasons because he wasn't even a a full-time player in 2016. So you can only use 17, 18, and 19, 2017 through 19, Seventh all-time amongst Chiefs wide receivers in yards, fourth in targets, seventh in receptions, fifth in yards per reception, fifth in receiving touchdowns, and only and he's only 15th in total games amongst wide receivers. And a 68 completion percentage, or uh, catch percentage, by far, by far the highest in Chiefs history. Do you guys dispute this at all? Do you guys have Not at somebody all. You, else? you know my love for Tyreek, man. I, the guy has already, just within his first couple of years, I already knew he was going to be the greatest receiver we ever seen in franchise. We haven't, we haven't had many riches of receivers in this franchise. So he, he, on any franchise, is a guy that's going to go in there and push for being the best receiver. You know, his pace is incredible, and the guy's still a young cat, man. No pun intended. The, the cheetah is is incredible. Um, yeah, you got he has my vote for sure, and I I can't really argue that as far as. I think, I, think, I think you should intend that pun because that was that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's pretty good. Pretty good. I'm not going to debate it either. Damn it. Why don't you guys give me something, man? I was really I was really hoping there'd be some pushback. Greatest overachiever. Yeah. You've been blocked, Eddie. I mean, you can say we're muting Eddie's mic. You can say Travis Kelsey, too. I mean, outside, I mean, I know we've had Tony Gonzalez, but I mean, as far as the. He's on pace of breaking his record. That's what I'm saying. So, as far as like where he was drafted, he was a project coming in. He was he played quarterback. You know, Tony Gonzalez was already one of the best drafted yeah. guys touted coming into that draft of his. He was, you know, a first round guy. So, uh, Travis Kelsey, no one even really knew who he was coming out of Cincinnati. You know, he wasn't a big, you know, I don't know. I just don't, for, outside of Tyreek Hill, I, as far as like offensive weapons, I'd have way overachieved. Travis Kelsey is definitely overachieved compared to his expectations. I mean, obviously, I love my guy, Travis Kelsey, but I just, as far as what he's done and what he's continued to do and, and becoming an Hall, a Hall of Fame player, in my mind, already is. Him coming into the draft and when we drafted him, no one expected this guy to be a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? So, it's, yeah, especially a tight end. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know who the fuck he was. That's what I'm saying. I had no idea who Travis no, Kelsey I had was. No, I had no idea who he was either. And coming in, you know, he, was, he sat at his first year. You're like, oh, great. We drafted an injury-prone guy who's a project. 
perfect in the third round. Which and now he's one of the greatest tight ends of all time already. Period. Already one of the greatest tight ends of all time. So that no, me, good man. That, that that for me is right up there with Tyreek. Tyreek obviously has the raw ability. Tyreek has the ability to be the greatest receiver we've ever seen as far as production. The guy is incredible. I mean, he's got to obviously up his touchdowns because uh, he had a little slump this year in his health and everything too. But the, as far as production and what he does when the ball's in his hands, there hasn't been many weapons in NFL history more deadly than him. Period. You know, so and the guy can do so much too. We can use him as a kick returner. We can use him as a running back. We can use him as a decoy. We can use him every everything you can think of offensively. Tyree can do it. So and he's only getting better. What about I'm just throwing the name out there? What about Dante Hall? The thing about he only had a three-year splash. The thing about Dante is love him. He's a legend, but yeah, he did. He had he had highlight plays. He only had like three years where he really didn't. Dante had highlight plays, but if you notice, you can't really scrap together any offensive plays. So I feel like that's where Tyreek Hill kind of overcomes him. He was a true gadget. Tyreek has kick returns and punt return, not kick returns, but punt returns, and also all these primetime touchdowns offensively and things of that nature. So yeah. Dante was so much fun. I loved watching him oh, as a yeah. kid. He was the human joystick. Especially the Denver play. You know, he had, famous Denver play. Yeah, I believe yeah. he had four straight – I think it was four straight games with a return, mm-hmm. which is an NFL record. I think that still stands. And we have guys like Devin Hester who existed. So that's <laughs> that's pretty insane to think about, man, that a guy that was you know five foot six, and I think – where do you go, Texas? I think it was Texas A&M. Don't quote me on that. It was a Texas school. Mm-hmm. No one had any expectations of him. Dick Vermeil really made his career into what it was, and, and Dante no was fun. But, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him up there with Tyreek Hill. I wouldn't even put him up there with Jared Allen, to be honest, because, like I said, what Jared Allen did in four yeah. seasons, most guys couldn't do in a lifetime. And we, we, I remember how furious we were when we, when we, let, when we let him. I mean, oh, we got Jamal Charles out of it, but that's such yeah. a bittersweet situation because the guy was rolling, man. Yeah, the move that kind of pissed me off uh, was the Dontari Poe uh, move. The thing, uh, I mean, that, he's been injury prone since he left, did. though. Yeah, his, but, he was having back problems. I loved, I loved Poe. Yeah, but it was, he more, was a fan it was more just because of the fan favorite, and yeah. he did like the 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 bloated pig play and things of that nature. So I get why people love Dontari, and I know that they wanted to keep him. Personally, at the time, I was caught up in it too. I would have loved to have keep kept Dontari, but at the same time, I understood the business side of it. They didn't want to overspend on a guy that they didn't think was going to be elite at his position for the next three to five years, and they ended up being right. So I, I think they made the right move in all of that. So uh, if you guys have your over a Chiefer, give it and, and, and again the, the 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 criteria is it has to be a player the Chiefs drafted. Who do you think is the greatest overachiever of all time? My vote is Tyree Kill. I think it was a consensus agreement across the table. Trevor made a good point with Travis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie, you guys brought up other guys. I mean, I, Dante Hall. That was a fair point. Um, but I would love to hear it. I would love to hear your guys' thought and who you guys think it is. If you have some of those old school dudes, let us know what you what you saw back in the 70s or 80s. If you thought a guy was the, the greatest overachiever of all time, let us know, man. But we're going to take a quick break. Actually, we're going to go right to the Monday mailbag. Visit Local Foundry in downtown Lee Summit, Eastern Jackson County's biggest selection of local made and inspired goods. They carry apparel, jewelry, prints, decor, and more. The store is also filled with various vintage finds. Come and see us on Market Street. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. It is time for the Monday mailbag. Let's waste no time, man, because we've been uh, we've been waiting for this all day. Questions. Time for the questions, concerns, statements, whatever we got. Mm. Well, let's right. let's start this off, Eddie. First question comes from Donnie Couch. Hey. Hey, is that Donnie Couch or Donnie from the couch? Like he's on the couch right uh, now. It just says Donnie Couch. Curly What's on my up, couch Donnie? here. Donnie on the couch. What's up, brother? From the couch, yes. Yes. All right. So he, it says, hey, Lance. Hi. Uh-huh. 
Hey, Donnie. I'm not here. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> Trevor is chopped liver in this well, bitch. I mentioned Trevor once in this whole fuck. Fight. So it says, my question is, what practice squad guys could you see having a big impact next year, and which ones are going to make a ton of hype around the fan base but not pan out? I am putting my money on Tim Ward be- to become a Tano hmm. passing type, type of player in Spac's defense. And he goes to say, love the podcast. Thanks, bud. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate it, Mr. Couch. Um, look, when it comes to when it comes to these guys, it's such a crapshoot. I remember back in 2015, I was up at the training camp, and um, I noticed this small little receiver that no one was paying attention to was catching everything. He even started getting uh, uh, first-team reps, and it was Albert Wilson. And I remember I was like, this guy is going to be something. He's mm-hmm. at, he's out of Akron, but I like this guy. There's something special about this dude. Made the team. Spicy. Still in the league, you know, got paid, got, got paid hey. thanks to Patrick Mahomes yep. in 17 of 2017 in Denver. Um, they're they're going to always be those guys. I like the Tim Ward quote. That's actually one of the guys I was going to talk about. I think that's actually one of those guys. Um, Byron Pringle still is a part of that. Yep. I like Byron, and that I know that's an easy name to, to pick out of the bunch because he has gotten, you know, reps in actual games. But I do, I do like to believe that he's going to be a guy that will actually take strides this next season. Um, it, 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 honestly, I, if I'm going to answer this question as honest as possible, I don't think the guy that I'm going to be big on is even on this team right now. Right. Uh, if you remember this last offseason, the Chiefs did not have Mike Pinnell before the season. He did not start this, the, the year on this roster. And then he became a prevalent piece to this team. I think Brett Veach and I think Andy Reid are going to get guys, diamonds in the rough, mm-hmm. that we don't see coming, that we have no idea even exist right now. Probably some guys that even get undrafted in this draft they bring in, and I'm not even going to try to predict the, the actual positions of where they're where they're going to be. I just think that there's going to be some guys that by June and by July we're going to be sitting here going, "Man, we need to pay attention to this guy. This guy plays a pretty, and it even could be a linebacker." I think that the Chiefs are really going to. We talked about linebackers early in our top five once. We need to draft one. I think that the, yeah, I think the linebacker is going to be a position where the Chiefs are really paying attention to see where they can find some cheap production. Yeah, they don't have they don't because the Chiefs if they do spend money on Chris Jones they're not going to try to spend more money on the defense. Mm-hmm. So they're going to try to find cheap production. I think that linebacker is going to be one of those positions, and I think Mr. Couch and myself are going to be talking about some guys that we don't even know exist right now. So. Yeah, I mean, I, also I'll just throw in there too. I, I agree with you that that the guy that that's going to pop and and, and you know, camp and everything that on the practice squad who can make a splash is probably not on this team yet. Um, and I think it could be at the tight end position too. I think there's going to be because we need tight end depth, and we know uh, uh, that Andy Reid and Beach both like to bring in different tight ends. We saw like six different tight ends go through the system this past off season. You know, with, uh, Love it and 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 uh, a couple other guys that we had that we brought in. So we we know Andy Reid loves his tight ends uh, for blocking and for production passing game. Um, or for like direct snap plays that we've had, like random uh, wildcat plays for tight ends. He always mixes it up. So I can definitely see some guy, some tight end, you know, athletic tight end come in and for the practice squad and, and make a little splash too. So I just wanted to throw that in there. But yeah, Byron, Byron Pringle obviously should be the first pick. The guy could definitely be a starter next year. He's, he's, he's like in the Colts game this season, he looked really, really good. It was the Byron, Byron Pringle game. Yeah. He has, he has pop and he's very, very athletic and he's got really good hands. And we obviously know he can take a hit. That one play he caught against the Colts and got nailed and stayed on his feet. Um, so he's obviously loved in the locker room already as a young guy in the. And I, I, I'll throw this little bonus one in there for you, Mr. Couch. Um, you know, you have your reg- you have your roster, you have your fifty-three man roster, and then you have your practice squad. Mm-hmm. Um, for the friendship squad, it's got to be Garrett Dieter. I think that he's the the best friend on, on the entire on the entire roster. He's got a cool haircut. So for he's yeah, they created yeah. a roster That's spot just for him. It's called the friendship the friendship yeah. squad. And He's Garrett Dieter is no, he is he is one A on the friendship squad. <laughs> so if you're, if there's another name for you, Garrett Dieter. 
you yep. know, turning over a new leaf. Best job in the world. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Dunning. Thank you, Mr. Couch. All right. Next question comes from Adam, Adam Solomon's, uh, who from the secondary free agents do you want to stay? And what do you want? What do you think of Chris Harris and Josh Norman? Yeah. Uh, right off the top of the bat. If I, no, first of all, no, I do not want Josh Norman. Josh Norman is 32 mm-hmm. years old. He is absolutely washed. He's, he's a lost. Name. Yeah. He's lost three steps. He hasn't been good in three years. Yeah. Like Josh Norman's been bad, bad. Like he's, uh, if he retired right now, it'd make total sense. I don't know if there's going to be any team out there that takes him. I mean, he might make a roster, but he as as an actual number two, number even a number two corner, mm-hmm. I, I think Josh is done. So I don't I don't want him anywhere near this team, and I don't think he has any chance of being on the Chiefs roster. Um, if I'm looking at the free agents and what the Chiefs have right now, as far as the guys that they could retain, yeah, it's going to be Kendall Fuller. I think Kendall Fuller over Brashad Breeland because of the cheaper. fact yeah. he's he's younger. By two years, I believe two years. He's he's younger. Uh, he's more versatile. He yep. can play safety, safety as well. And here, like I said earlier, he was the key piece to the Alex Smith trade. And that was one of the more uh, pivotal trades in this yeah. franchise's history. Yeah, Veach handpicked him. So yeah, so I, I definitely think that Kendall would be the guy that I would want to see retained in the defensive back core more than any of them. Yeah, Brashad Breland is, is definitely more replaceable for the fact that like you, like you touched on his. Uh, uh, um, um, Kendall Fuller's versatility, and I thought he played even better at safety than he did in slot corner. He looked, he was playing really well in safety there. And, and he, he might made, have to play it early on. And he made, and he, yeah, and back, he made yeah. that huge pick to end the game uh, in the Super Bowl. He made that. That was a great play, great jump on the ball, get up there and grab that ball and rip it out of everyone else's hands before anyone else touched it. Um, so uh, mad respect to he was because he had he was very very up and down uh, this season. He you know we were questioning his his heart. Um, but from all I've heard from the coaches and every interview I've ever watched about him or from him individually or personally, um, he's a gym rat. He's a film rat. He loves the game. And those are the kind of guys you want in the locker room. Um, he's, he's a smart individual. Him and his brother both are really smart players. Um, so, yeah, definitely Kendall Fuller for me. All right. That, that, that's it for questions. I actually got a question for you guys. Good. Let's, uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Do you think Spencer World will be back with the Chiefs next year? No. No, I don't either. I mean, I just for me, he was a guy. He was a filling spot for a short yardage guy yeah, this year, and he got hurt. The reason I'm asking is because you know you were talking about how Andy loves him, some tight ends that can block, you mm-hmm. know? and Spencer Ware was that running back that could help Patrick Mahomes in the, in the like for sure if he's on the field. The pocket. Yeah, if he's on the field, he is. Okay. He's constantly hurt, man. Like that's you know, that's, yeah. I mean, he. I just feel like he's he's reached a point in his life where he's just kind of because there's, there's a part in the NFL players' lives where they just they they're constantly just. They can't deal with the injuries, and they're constantly banged up, and they can't get on the field. I feel like he's just one too many injuries at deep. You know what I mean? To that's, where can, that's the unfortunate side of Spencer. Yeah. Is that I, I love you, him. You guys know, yeah. You yeah. you know how much of a I was so excited when they got him back. Yeah. Um, he's Tough a dude. great dude. I've gotten I've gotten to know him over the last you know couple of years. Great 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 guy. Yeah. Um, hell of a talent too. It just it's it's just his body's just banged up, man. I, I would be shocked if. We ever see him in a Chiefs uniform? I would love again. to see him like on the coaching staff or something for the for the running back crew or something like that. I would love because I like having him around, and I don't know he likes being here, and he's a good dude. And yeah, it just sucks, man. It sucks to see him go out the way he is, but he's just constantly getting hurt and banged up, and it's always leg issues. So yeah, I just I'd rather not. Well, just, I got a I got a bonus question for you guys. I, I might we might as well just add to this boner yeah, boner question. I was gonna I wanted to make this into a segment, but I just feel like let's let's just let's just bring it up right now because of the fact that. The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. You can almost guarantee that there's going to be at least one player in the near future or in the next decade or so on this roster or on the 2019 roster mm-hmm. that is going to be an analyst on some network, whether it's Fox, whether it's CBS or ESPN 
or radio show, whatever the case is, which player on the 2019 Chiefs roster you think would make the best TV personality slash analyst? I think for me, because there's a lot of good personalities, but not all of them are well-spoken. You got to be a well-spoken individual to, to, you know, put your thoughts to words and, and make it, you know, understandable. Because there's a lot of guys I just feel like that aren't the most well-spoken guys. And obviously, being on TV, you got to be a little censored. So some of these guys, like Frank Clark, I would love to, I would love to listen to Frank Clark just talk shop and football on TV all day. It'd be amazing. But unfortunately, there's some things that he says that comes out of his mouth a lot that is not, t- you know, TV friendly. At least, you know, maybe give him an HBO show, and I'd be all over that shit. Anyways, him and Chris Jones on the HBO show, sign me up. I'm all over that shit. Um, throw Marshawn Lynch in there. Uh, that'd be great. Um, but for me, if I had to pick one guy who's obviously experienced just about every high and low you can in the NFL for me, it's Dustin Colquitt. Uh, I think he's like, he has a really good personality. He's a sweet dude. He's well-spoken. He has a decent face for TV. Um, and the guys, like I said, he's been through all the highs and lows. He's been obviously just had the highest of highs. Just won the Super Bowl. He's he's a, you know an age vet. Might not be here all next year. Right now. Yeah, all dude. Yeah, he's got he's entrenched with family. His blood is in the NFL. It's amazing. He has he has so much to say dealing with this shit, dealing with the Matt Castle years and the shit that we went through with that with the Todd Haley days and everything. He's been through all the hardships that most of us Chiefs fans in our lifetime, especially, have experienced. He's been around for most of those times. And then obviously he just he just experienced the 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 young phenom Patrick Mahomes, whether it was an MVP year or the Super Bowl victory. So I think he would have, as far as like well-spokenness, uh, a face for the for TV. I'm not saying he's like the most handsome guy, but I could see him on TV. I could definitely see him. Uh, <laughs> um, I think <laughs> I think he's he's a way, he's just got he's got a way about him. He's a funny dude. He's got a, a really good sense of humor, and he's got. I think he would have all the stories in the world. You know, being a punter, he could probably have a lot of good punter jokes. You know, we've seen guys. You know, Pat yeah, Pat McAfee obviously is amazing. So I feel like punters have that kind of like. Weird. They see everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, I think, I just think Dustin Colquitt for me. I would love to listen to Colquitt talk all the stories, you know, a, a locker room camaraderie and all the highs and lows that we went through in the locker room. Seeing like, so he's been around for some shit, man. So I would, for me, it'd be Dustin Colquitt. You know what? I'm actually gonna agree with that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good pick, just for the fact that we've seen what Pat McAfee like his stories with yeah. Peyton Manning and shit like that, like with mm-hmm. the casino and all that. The the stuff that. Dustin Colquitt has gone through so many stories, franchise. dude. Yeah, and the the one that stands out the most to me is that time where he, he was getting ready to punt, and, yeah. he, and he was he was practicing this punt, and then Patrick Mahomes <laughs> throws a fifty his fiftieth touchdown, yeah, and yeah, breaks yeah. the five thousand yards. Yep, he's like, oh, what the hell? Where's yeah. my gloves? Where's my gloves? Yeah, oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. He's funny, man. Yeah, like, he's like yeah. man, I thought I was going yeah. punt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, not gonna punt the, not gonna hold the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, there's there's a lot of like easy like slam dunk ones like Travis Kelsey. I think would be a lot of fun. I think Frank Clark, if you got him to to learn the etiquette of TV a little bit, I think he'd be. Travis a Kelsey has the face. But I don't Travis think Travis Kelsey has a face. We saw. No, he's fun. He's like, not he's very a... articulate though. No, no, but he's yeah. fun. Like no, you, Terry Bradshaw is an articulate. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. I hear okay. you. Yeah, so yeah. you, you got to have those guys. Michael Irvin's not articulate. Yeah, I just don't. They're high energy guys. You know, yeah. they make they see, make fun. They yeah. they make it fun. Energy, the whole thing. You, it, it hurts me, but I have to compare it to uh, Travis Kelsey to, to Rob Gronkowski and his energy. In, uh, See, Rob Gronkowski is a dipshit. <laughs> He's, He's a dumb dumb. Yeah. Gronk is a dipshit. Yeah. Like at least I think Travis Kelsey's got a few more brain cells. Oh, Travis Kelsey's Gronk. definitely got the personality yeah. for TV. We saw, we saw, but, but, I mean, did you see that uh, Captain Kelsey? Did you, yes. Did you watch Unfortunately, it? No, I did not watch it. But I, I watched saw, it. I saw YouTube. I fell, I fell in I love. You fell in love too? I fell in love. Jesus. I'd give it away. Jesus. All right. My pick, it, it's 
this was a tough one for me too. But if you look around, like all the different networks, uh, NFL Network, uh, ESPN, Fox, FS1, all these, you notice there's a trend in all of these. There's former quarterbacks. Mm. Most of them have been journeymen. Not most of them. Kurt Warner is one of the few that you could say was a great quarterback that's pretty good analytically. But most of the time it's the Hasselback brothers, uh, Dan Olofsky, you know, backup quarterbacks. I think Matt Moore would be so good. On TV, he's got the look, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I wouldn't even look. I went and watched uh, his his uh, uh, presser after the Vikings game. The big Beaver, Big Beaver. Yeah, he's got an incredible story. I and mean, then the dude was coaching high school football yeah. when the Chiefs called Fuck him. Okay, that's what a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like the stories this guy would have, yeah. talking about the, the 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 travels and journeys he's had from the Panthers to the Dolphins to the you know, like I said, being completely out of the league to coming in and backing up Patrick Mahomes and then having to fill in for Patrick Mahomes, knowing the game the way most quarterbacks do, especially guys that have to watch it mm-hmm. for a living, not play it, Articulate. but watch yep. it for a living like like a backup quarterback does. I would I think Matt Moore would have now does he have the charismatic way about him? I don't know because we you have to be a little bit more reserved as a player. You don't want to be the center of attention as a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he could really blossom into something incredible on TV. And now that he's got that Super Bowl victory on his resume whether he participated in it or not mm-hmm. you could say super bowl quarterback or super bowl champion matt moore you know joins the panel i i, I think he would be such a because like i said you go across the league or you go across the networks you got a quarterback in almost every single one of those bunches that know the game and can break the game down unlike any other position i think matt moore would be my pick but i i, I liked your guys's picks a lot yeah man. i think dustin this would be a fun one um just, because just because, just because Colquitt's been he's been here through all the rough shit yes. we've experienced as fans, and dude. he's got the, he's got that he's got that good old boy, you know, thing. Too. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got just, that country. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a him. genuine guy, so he could like yeah. nationwide at his own. And, he's, and like, Chiefs he fans, could like join Peyton yeah, Manning or something. And shit. he's a fan favorite. Chiefs fans love him. Yeah, yeah. he's always out there signing autographs. He's just too expensive. We'll pay. That's another topic. Yeah, it might be a cap casualty. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about them for like four years. Right. Austin. We need a punter this season. If you guys, if you out there want to add your analyst your favorite who do you think would be the best of the tv analyst amongst all the current chiefs players that won the super bowl definitely hit us up with that as well um but garrett Dieter, yeah we have something else we got to do what's it called again guys hold this out it's time to hold this l i want you to do me a favor and hold this l somebody's got to hold that l let <laughs> him her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh pulsating L. <laughs> man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold this L. It is time. To do the what we love the most, uh, if you watch anything that we put on Twitter or on Facebook, we'd love to hand out L's. And if you listen to this show, we hand them out every single damn week. So we're not going to waste any more of your time. Trevor, who is holding the L? Well, if you guys have been watching and uh, keeping up with all the you know the CBA and all the, all the things that are going on in the NFL, um, and then obviously keeping track with all these quarterbacks and you know certain quarterbacks wanting to get their money and which, who's going to get paid what, uh, Dak Prescott's obviously been a hot topic lately talking about because he's obviously the, the quarterback for the Cowboys. I guess that's still a relevant topic and for whatever reason, just because there's a lot of fans out there. Um, 
to me, Dak Prescott deserves to get his money. He's been a, he's he's not been the reason that the for the for the current struggles of the of the Cowboys. That's definitely been a um um a fr- uh, um, front office and coaching issue. Uh, they have all the talent in the world on that team. There's no reason they should be struggling that bad. And he almost had he almost threw for five thousand yards last year. Um, and I think 30-plus touchdowns and, what, 11 picks maybe? The guy had a great year last year and is deserving of his money. Uh, if Jared Goff is getting paid this year, Dak Prescott – or if Jared Goff has gotten paid what he's gotten paid, top five salary in the league at the quarterback position, there's no reason Dak Prescott shouldn't get his money, especially being the Cowboys uh, uh, quarterback. Um, and with Jerry Jones as your owner, there's money there. Um, but that leads me into my L. My L is going to go to the Hall of Famer running back, one of the greatest to ever do it. Emmett Smith. Um, not only, I don't want to get into the racial card here or anything like that because it's not really my place. But it's just constantly, you know, we, we we definitely we see, you know, black men wanting to 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 push the envelope for black men to succeed in this world. Um, and again, I'm going to reiterate, this is not my place, but this is I have been seeing a lot of this on social media, and it is it is warranted. Uh, most of the time, you want to see. Um, Ex players that that have come from less to, and, and want to push the envelope for these next young um, black athletes to to, to oh, supersede what they they achieved in their life. That's kind of the goal, right? Because it's a father figure type thing. You want to see them do more. You want to see, and we've seen nothing but the, the successors of those older athletes do really well. These, these young black athletes, you know, doing more, making more money. So. In in, in, in in reality, you would expect Emmett, the likelihood of the likelihood of Emmett Smith and these other ex uh, players that are African American to push the envelope for these young guys to succeed and to get the money when they can get it. But that's not the case when it came to Emmett Smith. Um, not only just with the racial thing, that's just kind of a bonus thing that I do think is warranted uh, that he should be pushing for Dak to get his money, but he but he wasn't. Um, the fact that he was telling Dak Prescott to leave money on the table, I find a little odd. Um, the fact that Emmitt Smith was the guy that held out for three games when he was a player to get the biggest contract in running back history at the time. Um, I just find it a little ironic and a little odd to me that he, him as, uh, of all players, of all ex-players is the one telling him not only being an ex-cowboy, but being, you know, the person that he, who he was back then, who was crying and, and, and bitching and moaning about not getting his money and holding out and, and verbally showing his, venting his frustrations at the time when he was a player Obviously, he was needed because they lost those games he wasn't a part of when he was sitting out. So, obviously, he was the key cog to their the, the, those Super Bowl runs. Um, so, it was warranted for him to hold out, right? It's just like it's warranted in my mind for Dak Prescott to get his money. There's no reason reason for for this this young quarterback who I think has actually gotten better as he's played every year. I was very harsh on him early on in his career, but I think he proved a lot this past season. And he showed fight. Even though they, they blew a lot of games, they blew a lot of leads, I still think he's a good quarterback. Anyways... Emmitt Smith, there's no reason for you to tell this young quarterback um, who's better than the quarterback that was the quarterback for your team um, as, a, as an individual talent, in my mind, um, to, to, to leave money on the table, to, to take a team-friendly deal. Because that not only hurts his ego, it makes you look silly, but it hurts the other quarterbacks that are trying to get money too because it alters the, the pay. And then that's going to make other teams think, well, he, he took this pay cut, just like we talked about with Patrick Mahomes. You know, if Patrick Holmes took a pay cut, a team-friendly deal, then that's going to screw everybody else because everybody else is going to try to get the, the biggest deal they can possible. If the best quarterback in the league is taking a friendly deal, then that's going to alter everyone else's expectations. So that all leads back to Emmitt Smith just looking foolish, man. Being the guy that you were in your prime, holding out, 
three games because you weren't getting the contract you wanted, then you ended up you ended up making a big enough scene to where you got the biggest contract at running back history at that time. You got your bag. Let this young man get his bag playing the most important position in the NFL. So Emma Smith, my guy, my buddy, all due respect. You're gonna have to do me a favor and hold, hold this L. L. Eddie Ortiz, Ooh. who is holding the L. My L is gonna go to uh Carlos Correa. Uh, mm. Oh, talk about it, please. Jesus Astros. Christ, dude. Uh, Can't get enough of these asterisks. Astros. We can just go down the list of all the players. Trastros. Fuck. Uh, he, he got interviewed by, I can't remember who it was. It was, a, it was a lady uh, at the interview. He kept, he he got pissed off. He's like, if you don't know the facts, don't comment. It's like, <laughs> you got to know the facts. You got to know the facts. I think he was replying to Cody Bellinger's. Yeah, yeah Cody Bellinger's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you don't know the facts. It's like, you need to learn the facts. It's yeah. like, uh, brother. I, we, we do know the facts. You we fucking cheated. Facts. Yeah. And for him to still say that they won the World Series fair and square, that's his word. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. Fair and square. When we all know that they cheated to get that World Series. Yep. They almost got two World Series from all that cheating. Almost. But the Nationals somehow made it, made it through. They pulled it off. And they the, the Nationals won all their games in Houston. Yeah, ironically uh, enough. Ironically enough, yeah. So – I mean, I don't think there's any more context that you can add to that. I mean, him looking stupid, just pretty much saying, if you don't know the facts, you can't comment, blah, 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 facts, facts, facts. They've managed to make themselves look worse after oh, every single press yes, conference they have. Yes. And, and <laughs> this is funny. I looked this up, and uh, it says, Bregman, Altuve, Correa, favored to be hit by pitch in, Astro- in Astros retaliation odds. <laughs> it's it's a real thing. It's and, it's going to happen. And it's every, every team is – Every player, every team is bashing the Astros. And and to me, for the players not to receive – like you talked about it earlier, for the players not to receive any kind of, like, penalties or anything is baffling to me. Like, I I, I cannot understand it. I don't know why the players are not being found guilty on this because they're the ones doing it. You can say the manager told them to do it and all that stuff, but they're still doing it. They're, they're performing this act, and it's just crazy for Correa to come out and say, if you don't know the facts, don't comment on it. Like, you can't – you don't have the right to say anything. Like, bro, we know the facts. I'm pretty sure he had a buzzer in his shirt when they told him that the press the, conference had to be over with, yeah. <laughs> and for him to say that they won the, the World Series fair and square, dude, come on, man. It's embarrassing. Man. It's a weird state of denial that they're in, man. It's it's it's, it's almost borderline creepy. When Altuve came out with the press conference to apologize, him and I think it was Bregman. I can't believe I can't remember. It was just complete embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It was just embarrassing. This whole ordeal is just super embarrassing to to the whole organization. That's to the sport of baseball, man. To the sport of yeah, exactly. And for for the commissioner to just kind of like sit back and be like, oh, we already did a. We did the best we could. Like, no, you didn't. Right. Look what the look, look what the NFL did to uh, the Saints when uh, Sean Payton supposedly told him to to injure the the opponents. Pretty much. Head hunting. Yep. They yep. got suspended for a whole year. So they literally had a brand new defense the following season. Yeah, they should be stripped of the of the, of the title for sure. I definitely think they should be stripped. So of I, the NFL needs to do something about that. It's gonna get ugly for the Astros because a lot of a lot of pitchers are gonna intentionally try and hit these players. Yep. It's only and gonna get uglier. For safety reasons, for safety concerns, I, I think it is better for the MLB to come out and say we're suspending 
this many players from the Astros. It will never happen, but you're year. right. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean for the for, you're making for, good moral reasons here. Yeah, but for the, yeah, for safety concerns, just yep. for the for the fact that people are intentionally going to try and hate these hit this player. The the stadiums that they go and play in, it's going to be so hostile. Mm. It's going to be insane. So the, the Patriots are the MLB. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's fun. But they were actually like caught and proven. You know, mm. like the Patriots, you kind of think about it, but. You're like, where's the proofs a little yeah, bit? Yeah, Tom Brady should have destroyed his phone. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so. not a giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Anyways, so for me, Carlos Correa, you're going to have to hold, hold this L. L. I want to read something from TMZ two days ago. John Beeline's brief stint as Cleveland Cavs head coach has nothing short of a dumpster fire. <laughs> and it was and it got so bad, the players trolled the dude by re- referencing his infamous, quote, thugs comment with the comment with the locker room uh, music. The 67-year-old NBA coach came to a screeching halt. His his, his NBA career came to a screeching halt after just, just 54 games on Tuesday, mm. with Beeline leaving about 12 million in contract money on the table just to end his misery. Now details on this in his failure of a tenure. Yeah, now details on his failure of a tenure with the Cavs are coming to the surface, and it's uglier than imagined. Like we knew it was this bad, but this this bad. Remember, back in January, Beeline called his players a quote bunch of thugs in a film session, and later insisted he meant to say slash or quote slugs instead. He claimed yeah because we all call each other slugs all the time. Slug life. Um, he claimed it as an innocent slip. Beeline apologized, but it seemed the players didn't accept it. With the athletic reporting guys in charge of the team, locker room music would play songs with the word thug in the lyrics whenever the coach was around. According to the report, the, quote, thug playlist included tracks like, quote, thuggish, ruggish bone by Bone Thugs and Harmony, quote, thug mansion by Tupac and Trick Daddies, and Trick Daddies, I'm a thug. <laughs> Among other issues reported, the players thought Beeline... boomer anthems right there. <laughs> <laughs> the players thought Beeline acted like a dictator, overworked newcomers during summer league, and never really grasped the concept of what an NBA coach was expected to do. FYI, Beeline was the head coach of the University of Missouri, Michigan for years before jumping to the NBA. Unclear if he will ever go back to coaching at the college level again. Now the Cavs, 14-40, and 40, will now try to move on with interim coach J.B. Bickerstaff. But it doesn't change the fact the entire franchise is flat out irrelevant without LeBron James. Strange. You guys think I'm giving this one to John Beeline. I'm giving this motherfucking L to one Dan Gilbert. Yes. Because this is justice yes. for this motherfucker and this piece of shit organization that LeBron James carried for the better part of 11 seasons. This is what they deserve. They tried everything in their power to not build a winning team around LeBron James for his first he seven came back seasons. To that shit. Came back, built them a winning team practically on his own with with Rich Paul and everybody else, mm-hmm. and won them a championship. Won them their only championship. Probably going to win them their only championship ever. And it's all because of Dan Gilbert. He deserves this more than John Beeline, more than anybody else that's been attached to this horrific situation, yep. this horrific cesspool known as an NBA organization. You're a fucking joke, Dan Gilbert. You deserve. Every single bit of this, you're the shit show. And for that fact, you're going to have to do me a motherfucking favor and hold this down. Sell dude, the team. Dan Gilbert, oh, Dan Gilbert, he blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> Fuck him. All right. Episode 52, man. Absolute blast. Hell yeah, man. Shout out to our guy, Mark Leno. Shout yeah. out to Made Mob. 
Shout out to Made Urban Apparel, man. Shout out to all of our listeners, all of our sponsors. Support him, man. I'm telling you, that's what Kansas City. He's right. He absolutely said it. He broke it down. He said that this is just something different about Kansas City. I I, I 100% agree. And, yes, it is because it's my hometown, but also because there is something special about this place. No doubt. Patrick Mahomes definitely helps with that as well. And we didn't talk about Patty a lot tonight. That's kind of an interesting thing, man. We talked about everything around him. And that's just the offseason for you, man. When you're solidified at the quarterback position, you don't really have to touch on it a lot because you already know what you're getting, man. It's like the sunset and the sunrise. So for Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, man, I, I'm Lance Twidwell, and this was an absolute blast. We're so we're so glad the direction that this show is headed. Uh, we thank you all for being a part of it. The Foolish Club Network has already been so great to us. There's so many great things that are coming, guys. I'm telling you, these next couple of months are going to really open your eyes as far as where this is going, and you're just as much a part of this as we are. So thank you so much for everything that you guys have contributed, and we appreciate if you'd like to stick around and help us continue to grow this thing because it means everything to us. This is what we do. This is what we love. So in that, again, for Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, for Clay Windler behind the scenes, I am Lance Twidwell. This was episode 52 of the Spoken Podcast. We out of this bitch. Later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the Spoken. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit.